Good evening, brothers and sisters of the leaf. Coming to you live from Venice Beach, birthplace of bodybuilding and body ogling, it's the Tuesday Night Cigar Club Podcast. Tonight, the boys give Bruce Willis one more chance as they put their shades on and soak in his sunny 2017 private eye adventure, Once Upon a Time in Venice. A new Bruno flick should be paired with a brand spanking new stogie and beverage, so the crew will be setting fire to the impressive Pappy Van Winkle Tradition Cigar by Drew Estate as they down a bottle of the complex Brixton Mash Destroyer from John Drew Brands and then a 12-pack of Barrow Brewing Company's Tasty Farm-to-Market Persimmon Saison. A rum bourbon mashup, followed by an 8% ABV beer. Maybe we should just call tonight's episode, Drink Hard 2, Drink Harder, or Drink Hard 3, Drinking Hard with a Vengeance. Well, either way, yippee-ki-yay, motherfuckers. Let's party. So, sit back, folks, light them up, and enjoy the show. Uh, I got things to look through here. Be informative. It's, uh, it's a real, it's a real podcast. Yeah, boy. Uh, it's sort of weird showcasing a spirit for the first time instead of beer. Yeah. Is it weird? 60, yeah. 61 episodes. We've never done a a liquor before. Well, uh, we've well, had not, plenty not of liquor not, on not the show. Not as like the, the, the showcase, the, the headliner. No, we've the, had, the we've had plenty beers. of liquor on the show. Uh, kind of nervous. Why? Nervous. You know me, I don't like change, boys. I despise <laughs> it. Well, that too, I mean, we've been trying to get our hands on this bottle for like a y- over a year yeah, now. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Uh, so there's kind of a um, a mystique that's, that's, that's grown and grown, and uh, now the moment's finally here. I... I uh, I know. Get a little nervous. Get a little, a little nervous. stage fright, are you? Get a little nervous. Stage fright, I guess, is one. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if I get stage fright. You can't. Performance anxiety. So. Performance anxiety. And not in my position. You can't afford to have those things. There were two about the uh, the high school girlfriend I had, the the railroad track story. You may have. Yeah. I dated this girl in high school um, my sophomore year, and she had uh, just broken up. With a guy I knew, uh, you know, small town, everybody knows everybody, but uh, one day, you know, we were, you know, hanging out at her house or whatever, and I was like, I gotta act, like, you know, because they've been going out for really quite some time, and nobody was talking about, you know, high school, everybody knows why couples break up. Oh, and yeah, all, yeah, all that. that stuff goes around like the next day. Nobody was talking, and, uh, yeah, we hadn't, we've only been out a couple dates or whatever, but I was, I was like, you know, I gotta ask you, what, what happened? What uh, what happened with you? And although I'll keep all the names, uh, protect the innocent or not so innocent. And uh, I was like, "What happened with you guys?" And she was like, <laughs> "Well, we uh, we finally got to you know where we were serious uh, enough to get serious about doing some things, and we were just about there, and he freaked out." <laughs> And completely like wigged out, ra- ran out the back door of her house, butt ass naked. She lived down by the railroad tracks on the other side, town off. Uh, and she, she said he just naked as Jaybird, just ran, just just ran away down the railroad tracks. At this point, I'm gonna intersplice a, a, a scene of Rick James, cocaine, the hell of a drug, man. <laughs> oh, no, these are innocent. 
That's in, uh, uh-huh. youngsters. Uh, but that's that's like you said. That's what I'm feeling right now. That performance anxiety. That that. Uh, well, I'm like a naked. Run, I'm like a naked 16 year old boy running wild down. If the If you go running out of the studio, tracks. butt naked, you're not taking the bottle with you. Uh, by the way, John Drew Brands, if you want to use that in your marketing, <laughs> it'll make you feel like a naked teenage boy running naked and wild and free down the railroad tracks of life. Could be something there. Possible. The wind blowing uh, through your cheeks. And let's just say, as time went on, I knew why he ran. <laughs> That's a whole other story. Uh, what a bizarre opening. Barry, don't ever bring up performance anxiety again. Nah. Eh, you can if you want. I don't care. Welcome, everybody, to the Tuesday Night Cigar Club, uh, episode 61. 61. Six, and uh, this is a special uh, episode. It's a day after Halloween here. In the corner of No Hope, uh, as we're recording Ooh. this. Did you, go, did you boys get your uh, fair share of candy? Yeah. Yes. Yes, I did. You look miserable still. Yeah, yeah. I have eaten my body weight in candy. One uh, for the trick-or-treaters, three for you. <laughs> Actually, the rain kind of kept the trick-or-treaters away, so we were... they the, the brave, fortunate souls that came to our house loved us because we yeah. had like so much candy to give out we were just like take it kid take it nice. you have nut allergies i don't care we're sneaking <laughs> a couple into it. no we didn't uh, but no it took a uh, we had our halloween party it took a good you know day day to recoup after that it was just i love halloween uh, you look recouped uh we're co-opt <laughs> I think it's as good as we're going to get him. Yeah. Uh, speaking of Halloween, I was watching a, you see that clip of the, the talk show host. I think her name's Wendy Williams. Oh, yeah. It's Wendy yeah. Williams. Uh, she's a talk show host, daytime talk show host. Okay. But she's having her Halloween uh, episode. <laughs> I'm like in the middle of a costume contest, man. She just passed out live on TV. <laughs> and it was one of the TNCC style. What's the thing? I, as I was watching, I was like, that's a miracle. That's never happened to us. As shit faces we get. But I was like, well, Cody on that Roadhouse episode. But you were sitting down. <laughs> I was. She's standing up. And like she starts like slurring. like Oh, man. And then she gets like real. Do you, you see it? She mm-hmm. gets real tense. And then just. It's even more hilarious because she's dressed up like the Statue of Liberty. She's got like the big hat on and shit. And she just, I hope she's all right. Oh yeah, she's fine. Oh okay. I wouldn't be. Well, uh, I mean, was it like alcohol-induced pass out? They, they, they gave the usual uh, exhaustion and dehydration from the Statue of Liberty suit. Oh okay, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, you mean well, chemical dependency? <laughs> well, <laughs> well, she and or lack thereof. Her knees were locked. You know, cut circulation off. You know, it's it's a. It's a real condition. YouTube it. It was fucking hysterical. Uh, <laughs> and she's fine. Uh, good, because I was about to say, man, she probably had a, like a stroke or something. And uh, we're just freaking going to <laughs> town on her. She's in a coma. <laughs> <laughs> no, of course not. She's fine. Uh, quick question for you guys. Who doesn't like free shit? I like free stuff. Everyone? Everyone likes Everyone. free shit. Uh, including us, your favorite Tuesday night heroes. We love it. So, uh, Groovy Guy Gifts, an online shop specializing in personalized gifts for men, contacted us and asked if we'd be interested in reviewing one of their products uh, here on the show. And when I saw they had a lot of drinking paraphernalia, I was no-brainer. Let's do this. Um, so, Joe over at Groovy Guy Gifts sent us this personalized handsome box. You can see it's uh, you on YouTube can see this. Uh, 
for you iTunes listeners, I'll put some pictures of it on the episode page. Uh, it's got TNCC here engraved in the... I can't see it. You're holding it to the I'm cabinet. I'm sorry. All right, there you go. Yeah, yeah. It is indeed It is indeed fine. TNCC engraved on the top. And then on the inside here, there are two uh, shot glasses engraved with okay. TNCC. Very nice. Uh, you cannot use them. Oh. They're only for guests. You know, special guests in the corner of No Hope. Oh, then apparently we don't like free stuff because we never get free stuff, huh? What if you're a VIP, such as myself? Well, VIP, it's, it's different. Yeah, okay. um, but uh, it's a it's a nice it's a nice set. Uh, shipped here super fast. Uh, retails for twenty nine ninety nine. Ah, uh, that's not too bad. Uh, so if you got a special two shot glasses, yeah, two in, in a box. Uh, it's pretty good. You guys prove for an engraved. Yeah. Yeah, I might have to get a couple of every year. Uh, every year we do a uh, annual oh. fishing trip. I have to get some of those for my other friends. <laughs> every year, me and my other friends go on a trip that I don't invite <sighs> these two lushes to. You know the uh, the high school friends that I keep in touch with. Yeah. Uh, they hold so closely their sacred bond of friendship. I might have to get something to commemorate that. That sounds uh, really special. I'm sure the guys would love something like this. It's great. <laughs> Yeah. Sign my tears in my glasses. If you're looking for for gifts, special someone. Uh, Groomsmen gifts. Maybe you just want to send your favorite podcast uh, a nice thank you for all the free laughs over the years. Uh, We're uh, giving you the website of groovyguygifts.com. Peruse their selection of personalized wallets, flasks, torch lighters. I almost went in for the torch lighter. Yeah. But I thought I would do something we could all enjoy. Kind of like your getaways with your other <laughs> friends. Uh, they also got whiskey well, stones. without you guys, I do truly enjoy it. Cufflinks. Cufflinks. Uh, uh, you name it, they got it. Groovyguygifts.com. Thank you, Groovy Guy Gifts. Speaking of that gifts. That is awesome. Uh, Tut, if... I were to, let's say, well, now, obviously, I would never buy you a gift after this this, uh, travesty. Oh, come Uh, on. I'll still accept gifts. If you wanted to send me a gift for being a jackass to me, where would you go? I would go to our website and click on the Amazon link that is on the homepage. Uh, Everything you get will give us a little bit of kickback to it. It doesn't cost you anything extra. We just get a little, like, a little something-something from Amazon for promoting them. Uh, and with the holiday season coming up, uh, I've already started to get my Santa Claus list together, uh, getting that to the to the wife. And I'm like, you need to go to our website, click on the Amazon link, and then buy the stuff. Do it. Uh, Same thing with Famous because, you know, they goes a big old Famous banner, banner up there. And, you know, even if you don't buy anything, which I totally suggest you should, go click on the link. Let them know that the, the power of the TNCC people are correct. out there. Correct. Uh, go to our homepage. Click on Amazon. Click on Famous. Do us uh, do us some swells. We'll love you for it. Well, we got a special episode for you. Uh, as I said, tonight's theme is all things new. All things new. Uh, we've got a new spirit to drink, a brand new cigar to smoke, a brand spank and new film to talk about. And as a bonus, uh, we got a just-released brand-new beer to... We're the only podcast that pairs beers with our <laughs> spirits. Uh, beers, we can't spirits, just do a, cigars, We can't just movies. do a spirit. Drinking uh, one thing, crazy talk. Uh, 
so what's say, what are we going to do for ratings next? Pair prostitutes. <laughs> I mean, just we get, we're starting to cover all the vices. Once this bottle's cashed in the next 15 minutes, we've got some beers. I'm, I'm joking about the prostitutes. Uh, right? Of course, and it wasn't funny. Maybe your other friends find that kind of shit humorous, <laughs> but not here, pal. We keep it clean. Uh, where the fuck was I? Um, so it's got yeah, uh, we got a lot to get to, but like I said, all things new. Sometimes, sometimes we'll do a cigar that's been out a couple years. God knows we've been doing a lot of 80s films lately. Everything we're doing on the show tonight is fresh, new, and in your face. In your face. And unlike that certain someone, I'm not going to take off running naked out the back door of this place. I'm sticking in there. I'm not afraid. All can, right. Can I strip down and run away naked? Well, 3 a.m. usual. Oh, okay. The usual deal. Okay. Uh, Just so long as that option is still on the table. First up. Uh, I'm gonna turn it over to Yak Boys always for our um, our booze specialist, but uh, just to give you viewers uh, a glimpse of what we're doing here, we are uh, gonna talk about first the Brixton Mash Destroyer, beautiful, beautiful label by John Drew Brands. It is gorgeous. It is gorgeous. They did a great label design. Oh, they did. Uh, tell us about it. The Brixton Mash Destroyer. We got the uh, 750 milliliter bottle. It's very nice, beautiful picture. It's almost uh, it's almost patriotic. I would I would describe it as a little kind of a mosaic surrealist picture on it. I like the it. mosaic. I like so, the surrealism. But the uh, the name in, of itself, the Brixton Mash Destroyer. Uh, he chose uh, it, which is out by uh, John Drew Brands. They uh, he just. Uh, Besides being well known for cigars, Drew Estate Cigars, which is the second largest in the world now, he has recently gotten into the spirits business. Uh, and with this, he's released this Brixton Mash Destroyer. Brixton is named after a area in London which has an incredibly broad cultural base. And it's kind of like a Brooklyn. In correct. He lo- he picked it because of that because he called it Brixton is the Brooklyn of England. And he, being a native Brooklynite, likes that sort of thing. So he thought the name was cool from that aspect. Mash, because it is a mashup. This well, is now, no, that's see, that's wrong. Because now I'm just thinking in my head, hey, I'm walking here. Except now I'm trying to picture it with a London accent. I'm exactly. walking here. He's throwing y'all ways. You don't know. Where oh, he's I'm walking from. here. Hey, it's a I'm mashup. walking here. It's a mashup, Tut. Oh, it's a mashup. So that's the point. You should be thinking of that now with the London accent. You Two don't, things. You don't know what's going on. Boy, I'm walking it's like, here. It's like chocolate and peanut butter. Okay. All right. Was that an English accent? Chocolate and peanut butter? I, I think butter. you did on accident. Did I? Oh, God. <laughs> Didgeridoo. Didgeridoo. <laughs> I'm not very good with that. Wait a minute. But the mash is actually because this is a mixture of bourbon and rum. He uh, did a... It's a uh, 45% rum, 55%... Kentucky bourbon, and it is currently unlike anything else on the market. Um, no one, as far as I could find. I mean, if there are, there's other smaller brands, and they're not getting, they're not getting out there. They're not getting out there. And so this is the first one where that's actually, they're, and they're mixed after, not during fermentation or distillation. They're so mixed they're two, after. Two complete products that are then introduced to one another. Correct. Okay. Uh, is a Kentucky bourbon and a Florida rum. The okay. the rum is a Made uh, from sugarcane, grown in the Florida Everglades. All right. 
So and and, it, and this in itself it comes in as a 90 proof, uh, 45 percent alcohol. What was the uh, where's the bourbon distilled? I Kentucky. Kentucky. So it's an American made. Yes. All right. Just want to make sure. Yes. You can. Um, I'll come back to you in just a second, but uh, you know a lot of the art aspect of the bottle design, a lot of the Brixton influence, a lot of that. Um, if you go to, I'll have it on the episode page, but if you do go to YouTube, our YouTube channel, we uh, interviewed JD, John mm-hmm. Drew, Jonathan Drew, uh, Snacky, he goes by a million different names, uh, but he's our friend, and we interviewed him for, shit, man, like an hour and a half or something, uh, about a year and a half ago at Cat's Fest, yeah. um, and we spent a good portion of the conversation talking about John Drew Brands as he was just um, yeah. kind of introducing the lines uh, and you know that was way ahead of the game they're just now starting to get out there yeah. Massachusetts Georgia we just within the last like two weeks got it here in Texas yes um, so uh, yeah I was actually surprised that we had it here in Texas uh, uh, me too me too <laughs> uh, what else you got uh, he put uh from their from his own website here, saying as to why he he chose about this, uh, quoting him. Uh, oh, this this, this will be good. Yak boy talking like JD. I, I will not talk like JD. I cannot talk like JD. <laughs> I, won't even, I won't even try. Uh, for the time I you found in my little energy, hand, man. <laughs> I found in my little handmade cigar factory in 1996. We never asked for permission to craft any of the blends that turned Drew Estate into the second largest in the world. We just got up early and worked hard every day. There was a crew of us together in a foreign land collaborating to make a difference. And I truly believe that we created something beautiful that changed the game forever. That I would concur with. Yep. Uh, Drew Estate definitely did break the mold, um, to use cigar terms. Um, changed the way the business was, was done. Um, changed the culture. And uh, and that's that's not me as a Drew Estate fanboy. That's, me, that's just... History. Yeah. Um, you can't deny history. Um, so I know JD is now back as president of Drew Estate, just uh, recently announced. Um, so that's that'll lead us into our cigar here in a minute. But uh, boy, first impression, guys. We both poured a glass on the rocks. Yeah. Or you didn't have any on the rocks, did you? No, I, I had it on. The did rocks. you have some on the rocks? Yeah. And then, uh, boy, you you sure pick up a lot more of the. Distinct profile, neat. Oh yeah, I've, I'm always a fan of drinking any alcohol neat. Matter of fact, this is the first time I've ever had. Of course, most of the ice is melted. And problem with you get ice in your drink, you melt it down, it waters it down. I just, I understand that if you splash water in bourbon, that's the well, American uh, way to release, you know, a little bit of a well, but and flavor, I think Yagbo and I's thought process was the rum aspect. You know, I, I'm not a big straight neat rum drinker. No. Uh, I equate rum with with a little bit of uh, a little bit of ice. Yeah. Um, I usually equate rum with Coke. Some Coke. <laughs> yeah. I didn't, <laughs> I didn't want to say that. I'm sorry, Cuba Libre. <laughs> um, but boy, uh, it, it's it's. I won't be going back to the ice. I don't think. No. I think we're gonna. Uh, if anything, we'll just maybe chill it. Okay. Um, see how that goes. Okay. Uh, if you follow John Drew Brands on Instagram, uh, one of their brand ambassadors on there. Um, it's touring around doing uh, d- 
different events. And yeah. he's actually he'll post some recipes for what to do with. I mean, it's a unique drink. You okay, gotta have cool. some like a Negroni. I was telling a Yak Boy, yeah. uh, they were doing a, a a Brixton Negroni and some stuff. Uh, tonight <laughs> we're just uh, it's our first. We're just dipping our it's toes. Got the in rock it. on there, the Brixton Jabroni. <laughs> yeah, no, 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 the Negroni, the Negroni. <laughs> oh, okay. Not the Jabroni. That's another. That's another thing. Um, I definitely was it forty five percent rum. You said. Mm-hmm. Yes, it is. It's forty-five, fifty-five, bourbon. It, it I get a, a very strong rum. Like, it's funny because like when I with the on the back end I get like with a the really ice melted strong. I was rum thinking, presence. you know, and rum to me is always so much sweeter. Yeah, but I'm assuming I mean, and obviously the the bourbon is really cutting that. So it is sweet, but it is not like. It's very you know, sometimes sweet. I, I give rum and I say I call it you know obviously made from sugar. It's just syrupy sweet. No, no, and this is not. No. I like that. I do like that, and it is sweet just on the first initial yeah, contact yeah. with your lips and your tongue. Well, it's funny because but then like on the back end, that rum kind of spikes up like a like a real stronger rum, not yeah. like a, I equate with like a but co- not like Caribbean a black rum. spice, you know, molasses base. No, yeah. more like a like a. A powerhouse, like a 151 yeah. kind of back end. It's you know, interesting because, like, when we first opened the bottle, uh, that was all you smelled was rum. Uh, now that we taste it, man, it's just kind of an interesting way of how the bourbon interacts with the rum. Because uh, it's definitely it definitely shifts away from bourbon profile, even though you can still taste a little bit of bourbon profile through there. It definitely still. Now that we, I agree that the bottle smelled of heavy rum smell, but now that I'm smelling the, I, I just get nothing but bourbon on the it's nose. Weird. Yeah. It's weird. Like, <laughs> it's like, what is this thing? <laughs> what are you? What are you? Uh, what do you want from me? <laughs> answers. <laughs> Until I get them, I'm gonna keep drinking you, you little bastard. Uh, yeah. Well, let's. Like it, we'll come back to it. Let's. Uh, yeah. I, I think we shouldn't have it all drank for another five minutes. So we'll. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, once the beer is gone, or maybe before the, or I'm sorry, once the Brixton Mash Destroyer is down the tanks, uh, we didn't need a beer tonight. We need a new beer tonight. Yeah. So I went to a new brewery, um, newish, about a year old, down the street from where I live, Barrow Brewing yeah. in Salado, Texas. Uh, their farm to market, say saison, their seasonal beer, just hit stores. Um, what? Farm to market. Are you sure that's not an Austin beer? Dude, where do you think you turned off to get to my house? <laughs> it's a farm to market road. Oh, yeah. They're everywhere. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. You don't own everything, Austin. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, yes, yeah. I do. Yeah, <laughs> you. Uh, tell us about... Tell us about the... Here's... I got a can right here. Uh, farm to market. Uh, what Eight, is it? Good old Barrow Brewing. Wonderful town. I think last time we did them, we did the ski boat. The ski, ski boat, boat blonde. blonde. Blonde, which we enjoyed. They did. I actually, at that point, had not been to the brewery. I have since been um, several times. Uh, last time you and I went to yes. Oktoberfest up there. Um, we didn't invite Tut because he never invites us on his trips with his friends. And I was at home when y'all started posting those pictures, and I was <laughs> like, you sorry, sex. Uh, but they, they offer a ton more, obviously, at the brewery yes. in the... Uh, in the brew pub than they do Look, look in for those stores. ones that will like the farm to market, that, that catch a base. People really enjoy it. Had you had this at the brewery? I had not. Okay. So, so this you will be, not this will be new. 
All, all things new. All things new. I like it. Uh, <laughs> a persim, persimmons? Persimmon. Persimmon. Yeah. The, the farm to market is, a, as I said, Saison uh, slash farmhouse ale, as it's okay. known. Uh, this one here is uh, 8% ABV and 21 IBUs. 8%. 8%. So it is a little bit higher. Now, the, far, uh, the farmhouse yeah. ales are typically uh, higher in alcohol content. They range, you know, basically the low end will be around 5 to 6. They'll go up to 8 to 9. Uh, the uh, In this instance, they have added persimmons, if you're not familiar with that fruit. I thought I was familiar, but I was not. I was my my grandpa and me. We used to pick persimmons in Longview, yeah, like all the time. What'd you do with them? Make a pie? No, we ate them. Yeah. Oh. They uh-huh. look kind of similar to like a tomato. Okay. But uh, they they in different colors. I mean, they'll be more What's like a orange taste? to kind of a brownish depending. Like? Uh, kind of, they're, obviously they're sweet. I thought uh, it was kind of like a peach, except a bitter peach. Yeah. So I mean, a, they can, a, they can there's be there's a pucker factor on it. I mean, a little bit of a like, sweet. You say bitter. A little bit of astringent, but sweet. You bitter. say peach. He says tomatoes. I don't know what the. It's like the bricks and mash. I don't know what I the said, fuck I a persimmon I said is. it looks like a tomato. Oh yeah. Which okay. tomato is also a fruit, by the way. Just so everyone's all. Uh, we all know that, dude. Just making sure. Yeah, this one uh, <laughs> looks like a tomato, but it grows in a tree, so it's you know doesn't grow on a. Would local. you and your grandpa climb the trees? No, they would fall down, and so we'd pick them when they were on the ground. Oh, see them. You picked them if up off the ground. That, if there was something that was low, low hanging, we would get. See them pick too. them. You picked them off the ground. We picked them off the. Gr- Wait, what'd you just say? We picked them off the ground. Yes, we picked them off the ground, and well, then we picked when them from the tree. When you say my grandpa and I picked so them, it's guess like what? you actually, you know, I'm picturing like those cranberry guys out in their waders, you know. That's what I was picturing you and your grandpa there's not doing. A, there's not a lake out there. I wouldn't know. You never invited us out there. I was like six years old. Your story checks out. <laughs> All right. Well, whatever the hell a persimmon I'm really, is. I'm really curious to, to get into the persimmon So you have a later. big history with persimmons. And that's why I'm like, when you, when I saw persimmon, I was like, oh, this this isn't going to be good. So I'll, I'm, I'll hold judgment. I'll keep an open mind. Why'd you have all these memories of picking them if you don't like them? Oh, I like persimmons. Just... Am I going to like them in my beer? Okay. I thought you were like having flashbacks. Like, did your grandpa touch you? <laughs> did your grandpa do you stuff to you? You shut your mouth. <laughs> With each sip, tut tar- sunk into a darker and darker place. <laughs> I hate this beer. It's like I was at a Kevin Spacey party. <laughs> oh. Oh. Too, too soon. soon. Ouch. Too soon on many levels. <laughs> uh, what make, else? It, make it go away for getting juice. What did the uh, the head brewer over there have to say about the, the persimmon beer? He said that it with a strong uh, pepper and clove, okay, you'll get then it'll follow up with a sweetness from the persimmon on the backside. Okay, okay. all right. Um, that sweetness is why you know when we were looking to do a beer to follow up with this, we figured you know there would be some sweetness with the rum. Yeah. Which, by the way, the more I sip on it, I it's getting more and more sweet to me. Uh, the Brixton mash. Um, but anyway, uh, we figured a fruit, you know, maybe a beer with some fruity sweetness to it. 
Um, we've had that blow up in our face before. I was about to say the hibiscus, the hibiscus, the bloodwork blood orange. Uh, but uh, we'll see. Right. We'll see how the persimmon. I was about to say I've liked uh, I've liked the barrel offerings that I've had before. Uh, I am a huge. So we'll, they, I'll give them. I'll, I'll go open mind. Is it triple IPA or double the mystery of the deep? Uh, double. Yeah, double. it's a double. Man, that's good. I like the and mystery I, of the deep. And I believe I that's like coming the out. I believe uh, that's coming out in cans. But we've been doing a lot of IPAs lately, so. I, I always, I also like their uh, Royal Street ESB yep. is a good beer. I don't think I've tried that. I think that's a brewery only. Yeah, I haven't uh, seen it for uh, sale anywhere. Yeah, go check them out. Uh, downtown Slow, Texas. It's a good, it's a good stop. Food trucks. Austin, you don't own those either. Uh, <laughs> yes, we do. <laughs> yeah. Um. So yeah. Um. So that's tonight's offerings on the drinky drink side. Uh. We also do a little Ooh. smoky smoke. Uh, and tonight, yeah, I've been waiting to light, light this up. I've been flapping our jaws. It's time to get to it, boys. Uh, tonight's cigar is the Pappy Van Winkle Tradition by Drew Estate. Pappy uh, Van Winkle. Quite possibly. Any kid to rip. Uh, distant Cousins? Distant Cousins? I think All so. Right. Yeah. Uh, this probably one of the biggest uh, releases this year um, in the cigar world. Um Back in, I believe, 2014, Drew Estate announced the release of the Pappy Van Winkle Barrel Fermented Cigar. Uh, this is where they utilized a unique tobacco blend, including the Kentucky Fire Cured mm-hmm. uh, wrapper. It was one of the cigar's two wrappers. It was a double double wrapper. Uh, and it was barrel fermented, where the leaves are compressed, real highly compressed in bourbon barrels, and then screw jacked down for like long periods of time. Uh, it was a cool process. Similar uh, technique they used to pipe tobaccos. Yeah. Uh, making pipe tobaccos. Uh, it was a big hit. I like uh, the Screwjack. It was sold. It's a good band name. Scro- or it'd be a good supervillain name. Screwjack. Screwjack. Screwjack Johnson. Steeplejack. Oh, there's a Steeplejack. I guess that's kind of close. What about Screwjack 3? No. Yeah. Steeplejack 4 already has a beat. <laughs> uh, well, it was a big hit. They sold it exclusively on the Pappy Van Winkle uh, website. Um, and that leads us to this year's IPCPR 2017, where tonight's second and more traditional, see what I did there? Traditional uh, DE Pappy collaboration was announced. The did Pappy, you do that because it's called the tradition? Correct. All right. The Pappy Van Winkle tradition, phase two of the, the relationship between Drew Estate and Pappy Van Winkle. Uh, for more on the cigar, I'll use the words of the man who gave birth to it. D.E. Master Blender, Willie Herrera. Are you going to do it in a Willie Herrera accent? use my best Spanish accent. I apologize in advance for offending everyone. No, I'm not going to do an accent. Oh. I remember it like it was... No. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I remember it was like, like it was yesterday. In 2010, when J.D. and I talked about me joining Drew Estate, we flew down to La Gran Fabrica to test my blending style in two days of nonstop creating. I ultimately produced three blends one of which eventually became the Herrera Steli. When I heard the news that Julian Van Winkle had selected one of my other three original blends for my first trip to Nicaragua, I was humbled to say the least. So basically, those first two days before he even worked for Drew Estate, Willie came down and just blended his ass off in the toy box that is Drew Estate, a million different tobaccos. And out of everything he could have done, Julian Van Winkle picked one of those original three to, uh, to be the... Tradition. I like that Herrera kid. Uh, Give me that cigar. Well, from Louisville, Kentucky, president of Old Rip Van Winkle Distillery, 
Julian Van Winkle has this to say. Oh, it is called. I am old, extremely wait, happy to partner. With, no, I'm, I don't. Is it really called Rip Van Winkle Distillery? Yeah. They, Hell yeah. And it's Rip Van Winkle booze too. They have a lot of different. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. Um, well, it's because we drink the cheap shit. <laughs> uh, so this is uh, Julian Van Winkle speaking. I'm extremely happy to partner with La Grand Fabrica Drew Estate to produce our new Pappy Van Winkle Tradition Cigar. We've been working together on this project for a couple years, and I'm extremely happy with the blend and incredible level of quality control displayed at the Nicaraguan factory. Willie Herrera did a wonderful job in the blending of this cigar, which for me is one of the best I've ever had. The construction of the cigar is second to none. I find that it smokes very evenly and is a true medium-body cigar. Uh, high praise from Mr. Van Winkle. How many cigars has he had? Uh, he's always smoking cigars. I just want to know. I just want to know that. Yeah, he's like okay. his grandpa or whoever. It could be he's. like my mom. Uh, this is the best cigar <laughs> I've ever had. Mom no, he, he knows his. He knows okay. his stuff. Hey, wasn't Vanilla Ice a Van Winkle? Wasn't that doofus Robbie Van Winkle or something like that? Wasn't that his real name? I don't know. Yak boy, do some quick research for me. I think he was. Uh, Surely that. Are you thinking like the Facebook Van Trumpets or whatever? No, I think Vanilla Ice. I think that Ding Dong was a Van Winkle, but he he couldn't have been related to like the most prestigious name in Kentucky bourbon. Well, maybe he could, and that's how he got a career. That can't be right. Mm, yeah. Are there other Van Winkles that aren't related to these guys? I never met him. Have you ever met a Van Winkle? It's pretty no. <laughs> I've never. It's like a Tuttle. No. I've seen some Van Winkles, Robert, but Robert Van Winkle. He is a Van Winkle. I was right. Um, that's probably how he got his career. Doom, 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 doom. How about that? Doom, 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 doom. Oh, just take the two. Oh, wait. It's right here in my notes. Here's a quote from Vanilla Ice. <laughs> on t- uh, no, no, of course not. Um, okay. Well, uh, I've pumped it up enough. Um, certainly on my radar um, for this year, I you know, wanted to smoke these. So uh, we each have two tonight. So uh, we're going to compare the two for consistency, for flavor. See, we're getting to the bottom of these bad boys. No stone left unturned. That's pretty nice. Any? Not even one. Yeah, we'll see. It's a lot of stones. Uh, okay, so light up, boys. Uh, we also, on top of all these fun things, have a movie to talk about. Um, as far as I know, no one in this movie is currently involved or being investigated for sexual assault or harassment. Well, as that as could obviously of, as of this podcast, well, that could change within the hour. Exactly. Yeah, would you have those uh, sexual assault alerts set up on your phone? If I it, do. If anything pops up, we'll get a we'll get an alarm. Good God, Jesus, what a mess! <laughs> uh, just a. Will there be anyone left in Hollywood? Just a shitstorm of. Uh, hey, you know what? If this keeps up with all these producers and directors getting. So I might you get to say there's a chance. I might get to make movies again. Wait, they, if they've seen your movies, they're not going to give you a chance. They're like, dude, we've already got lawsuits hey, out the ass. Hey, my record stands. No, I'm just saying your stands. your material is a little bit. Uh, oh, hey, material's never been a problem. Risque. I have always handled myself with dignity. That's true. Uh, respect. That's true. I never even raised my voice, let alone drop my pants. Everything stays right where it's supposed to be. Not on the podcast. Uh, moving on. I'm talking moving about movie on. sets. Moving on. Uh, are you sure you're not going to pull your penis out in front of the actresses, Mr. Cade? I don't think so. <laughs> Good enough. <laughs> you're hired. 
Yes. You're hired. I'm in. Put me in, coach. <sighs> uh, well, like I said, uh, somehow, they, <laughs> somehow they made this movie uh, that we're going to watch. At least we got one out before the whole shithouse went up in flames. Uh, God, what a mess. It has been just insane. Uh, Harvey Weinstein never touched you guys, did he? I'm, don't, I'm not sure anymore. <laughs> I'm not sure anymore either. Uh, what, a, what a mess. Well, the problem is is that now it's becoming a political thing to where you know the right's kind of cheering the fall of, of Hollywood. And I'm just like, all right, be careful because, one... You knew about a lot of this stuff because a lot of this stuff was common knowledge, and nobody said crap until it was politi- uh, politically expedient to do so. Just kind of hold on to your horses because who knows what's going to be uh, politically expedient, you know, a year from now. That's a very good point. Real quick, now that we let it lit up, uh, I'm not saying I'm not defending uh, sexual abuse. By the way, I, I no, it did not come uh, surprisingly did not come across that way. <laughs> Real quick, let me give you the rundown on the technical specs on this thing. Uh, we are smoking the Bellicoso Fino, 5x50. It is an Ecuadorian Habano Oscuro wrapper, a little bit darker Habano wrapper. Indonesian binder with aged filler tobacco from Nicaragua and the Dominican Republic. I just had like a little flashback to Fox News going, TNCC <laughs> podcast personality. Total. <laughs> Shows you walking in your car. Get the camera off me. <laughs> Uh, man, drawing this thing is perfect. I love the little spice. It wasn't like a pepper blast off of the bomb. It was just a nice, smooth little spice kicking in there. It was honestly, it was spice, and then it was immediately counteracted by, to me, with a, a creamy note. Like, uh, hit you with this, and then this real cream, nice creaminess came in. There uh, is creaminess in it. On the back end there. Um, let me just get this going nice and good before we keep going. What are your initial... Just the uh, the initial unlit, it was just very uh, sweet earthiness. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And after lighting up, I like that cold draw. Got a hint of uh, cream. Just a hint. I am oh, getting, getting a little bit more than a hint. That's weird. I am. Uh, I'm getting a lot of cream. Yeah. Um, I'm also getting a, a coffee bean. Yeah. Um, I'm not getting a coffee bean. I've gotten little... the butter. That was pretty neat. No, I'm butter. joking about the butter. Butter! <laughs> I'm joking about the butter. The oh-so-elusive butter. Um, and you're going to call me crazy, but it's I'm getting the kind of a uh, saltiness. I've gotten before in cigar, but uh, there, there's a kind of a salty... Uh, yeah, you're crazy on that one. It's a thing. <laughs> it's a thing. All right, you know what? It's so new. I'll come back to it. Um, let me take a drink of Mm-hmm. I'm liking this. I, I'm, I'm confused by its, its... What do we always say here on the show, boys? What do I always say, especially on the show? Don't give me boring. Don't you give me a boring cigar. Don't you give me a boring beer. I think we can all agree, whatever our end uh, assessment of this... Brixton Mash Destroyers. It is not boring. No, one of my favorite lines from uh, Talladega Nights is, uh, you're confusing me by your tactics, so I'm just going to sit here and act tough until I figure them out. This bur- this bourbon mash rum thing is it's confusing just, me by its tactics. 
I'm not even going to act tough. I'm just going to keep drinking it until I figure it out. I like things that confuse, and I don't like things that are easily explained, whether it's a film, whether it's art, um, whether it's my whiskey, uh, bourbon, and rum mash drinks. I like to be baffled. I like to have to figure some shit out. Uh, I like riddles. I like puzzles. I don't like esoteric shit, for the most part, where there is no answer. You know, I like if you dig enough and really work at it, you get some answers. But uh, what you got? A little breadiness on the retro? Mm-hmm. There's definitely a breadiness. It's almost, to me, uh, sourdough. A fresh sourdough. Hmm. I was going to say a French baguette. So we have cream that we all agree upon yeah. uh, after that initial spice. We have some breadiness. Um, I got a slight coffee note. Along with a kind of a, a salt mm-hmm. um, component, um, and we're not even an inch into this thing. So let's uh, draw, like you said. I just barely clipped the end of the yeah, the bellicoso. Burn line's great. Construction's um, fine. Burn line. It, I I touched up a little bit just because I was talking so much early on. The wrapper itself, you can barely see the seams in this thing. Um, it is a beautiful wrapper. Yeah. Um, I go through the cigars before I distribute them out to the tables, so I can always make sure I get the prettiest ones. And they were all pretty. Like I, I usually, I try to give you guys the scrubs, and they they just all look great. Well, thanks for telling us that. Now, did I say that out loud? You did. Oh, that's smooth. And just throw this whiskey rum in your face. <laughs> yes. did, you, did you see me right? That notes? is smooth. I did. Did you uh, see me right? No. For those that's of, awesome. for those of you loyal listeners, now I don't want you to distract you from the show. I don't want you. Uh, oh yeah, I'm not participating in the show because I'm doing the freaking homework you assigned. I we are going to try a new thing of rating our cigars. We put a lot of time into our rating system, how we want to do that, uh, how we think one is fair, and how it can work. So uh, I had Yak Boy print us up these cute little worksheets um, to where we can grade our, our cigars. And, uh, well, it's a, it's a, it's a process. Uh, <laughs> it's a process. <laughs> can well, you define the process? No. Well, actually, we can because now we got notes. Uh, suck it. The notes will be in our archives if anyone uh, questions our, what we're doing. Um that reminds me, we need to get archives. I'll get on that immediately. Will you get on that? Thank you. Can we Lots of inter- archives. Can we I'll install as many archives as possible. The best archives. Can we have interns that like put stuff in the archives? I was really going to make it more like a you know giant warehouse, Indiana Jones style. Oh, yeah. yeah. Walk yeah, back on row C3. We don't need Tut with interns in this. A lot politi- of crates and In stenciling. this political climate, we do not need Tuttle around <laughs> interns. Um... See, that's what's bad, man. When the doctor's not here, I get the full brunt of this stuff. Yeah, you do. I, I can't hide behind it. It's like it's like when you get... Well, and I'm not, I was not going to put it that way, but he, he shields a lot of my action. <laughs> I never have to worry because I can always yeah. point at... Like, well, Tuttle did this. Well, doctor did that. I thought I kind of went off the rails literally earlier with that teenage naked boy story, but I was like, you know what? Tuttle will come in later with something. <laughs> they'll, forget, they'll forget all about that. Uh, he'll offend somebody. Um, it was a fun story. It was like I was like it was a story out of the Wonder Years. You would you would see. What would you do if I little, ran uh, out of the room? Little Fred Savage running <laughs> butt ass naked down the railroad tracks. A little hard on. Would you catch up and put clothes on me? 
<laughs> Sing you a song. Uh, yeah, to be a fly on that wall. Uh, no. <laughs> no, I wouldn't want to be now. Now that I'm a grown up. Uh, back then, I was curious, but like I said, it all it all made sense a few months later. Uh, once upon a time in Venice. All right. 2017. 2017. A new film. New movie, baby. New movie. We are out of the 80s. Um, By the way... And uh, we are out of the horror film. No more this year, I told you. I promised you. Well, we can still... I mean, if something catches your eye, there's no reason. We don't do rules. Next week, we'll be doing a horror film. (laughs) From 1980s. Real quick, uh, has the sweetness really mellowed with the bourbon to you guys? Like, I don't know if it's just letting it breathe and kind of swirl a little bit, or... Um, usually it's like, hey, this is, it's always so much better on the sixth beer. We haven't honestly drank that much. So, no. Um, um, to me, it's, it's just, it's, it's remarkably. To me, I'm not getting, I've, I've had bourbons that are far sweeter than this. That's what I'm saying. That, that, uh, that initial, that sweetness on the front end that we were all no. talking about has kind of diminished the more it sits in the glass. It's, yeah. it's much more bourbon tasting. It, it's kind of, yeah, point. it's kind of interesting because, you know, um, you know, there's there's that sweetness that you get, and I'm not a big rum drinker. Uh, I just got a bottle of Florida Cana to kind of see what that's about. I've seen a lot of people doing on that. Did you mix it with Coke or Coke Zero? I don't. I have, I'm not. I haven't tried it. Diet Dr Pepper. I haven't tried it, and I'm not going to mix it with anything. Oh, yeah. uh, hey, even our uh, our old friend Skip over at Romacraft, he mixes Florida Cana with Coke. Everybody gives him shit about it. Does he? Yeah, why not? All right, then. You like rum and Coke? It's gang. Don't ever not do something because with this well, no, rip rap thing. It's things. not because I'm. I don't want to. You know, I, I'm afraid of living a stereotype. It's just I want to try new things. I want to try. It's the same everything. reason I. It's really like tonight. Don't I don't. I don't mix ice with my liquor. And tonight I put ice in it because I want to. Want to try it. It's why I don't make an effort to clean up my malt liquor forties before you guys show up here. I really wish you would. I'm not embarrassed. It's, it is who I am. You should be embarrassed. You should love me for who I am. We do, but you should be embarrassed. And if you ever invite me on one of those fishing trips with your other buddies, I'm bringing the 40s, baby. And that's why you're not invited. <laughs> Just forward <laughs> some. Uh, well, uh, we've been kicked out of the Airbnb again. <laughs> Thanks, oh, I'm, Cade. I'm not allowed in any Airbnbs. <laughs> there was an incident with me running out naked. Uh, <laughs> Have a little clothes for my friend. <laughs> like Tuttle Cocker. Uh, uh, but yeah, it's 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 amazing. Like the the rum that was so heavy on the early stages has kind of seemed to die down as it's breathed a little Man, bit. Man, this thing is mixing all over the places. It's like one minute you're catching it, and it's at different spots. One minute you're catching more of the bourbon profile. Next minute you're catching more of the rum profile. Next minute it's going back to the. It's it's all over the place. Let me ask you this, as a a guy who owns a bar and has spent some time behind the bar. Are there a lot of cocktails that mix bourbon and rum? There are some. What's the most popular one? I can't think of any. Well, I, I can't. There's either. some. I know that they exist, but I've never had one. <laughs> I'm, I, just tra- I'm just trying to think of like JD, you know, at a bar, like, oh. I know they were out like there. Like the peanut butter and chocolate moment. Like, oh, it's pretty good. Maybe if I put it in a bottle together. They were invented in 1980s by a bunch of drunk college kids. Uh, well, that's... They've never been picked up by anybody credible. Uh, well, in that case, TNCC should bottle the Flaming Dr. Pepper. That is a legitimate drink. Yeah, they can't make them anymore, though. They got rid of Bacardi 151. 
Well, they can make it with other things, but no, it's, not, it's never as good. Oh, it wouldn't no, be the same. No. Um, but yeah, uh, it, this this drink does change. Um, it's a fluid entity. It's, uh, it's becoming us. Uh, but no, uh, it's very interesting. And the cigar, this drink is very zen. It's uh, flowing like water. It is uh, taking on any form. I'm trying really hard not to do the Bruce do Lee it. accent. He's doing his dude. It's gonna get me out hot water with the the naked boys running around. Um, uh, you know, the cigar up still not even barely an inch into the. I'm looking at all of our construction oh, is. Spot on. Spot on. But, man, uh, creamy. And you know what that saltiness is? Peanuts. Peanuts? Peanuts. Yeah, that's what I said, peanuts. Oh, okay. No, it's not like Charlie Brown's in the cigar. I can agree with that. Uh, I thought you said something else. Sorry. Oh. (laughs) These nuts? (laughs) Close. Um, North. Oh, yeah. Are you getting salty peanuts? Yes, I'm. I'm getting salty. I'm not gonna. I can't say it. I just. I just. I just can't. I'm getting. You ruined a, it. Now I can't stop <laughs> saying it. Uh, well, no. Yeah, that's a common component in cigars: a cashew or an almond. Or a, I'm getting a salty peanuts. Thank you for enunciating I'm, the second syllable. This was just a hint of nuttiness. Um, boy, it's oh. good. Oh, uh, it is great. It creamy. is a good, good cigar. Uh, it's not a mild cigar. It's got just a little bit of, of, of strength to it, enough to kind of... I'm getting a lot of the strength. Well, no, no, no. Not, I'm not saying it... I mean, it's not flatline on the mild. It's 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 giving me something to let me know um, that there is some strength there, but that creaminess and that nuttiness, um, no spice, no peppery, uh, that initial, no, that no, initial no, no, no. blast not, is gone. Which is really weird because, you know, cigars that don't fit that, that Lajero profile, um, I'm, I'm not really that big of a fan of. That's a little bit out of my profile. I'm liking this. I'm loving the breadiness. I'm loving, you know, that, that creaminess. It's, it's a good cigar, and I don't. I disagree. I don't think it's very strong at all. Uh, no, no, there's I, a little. I, I didn't mean to imply that it was strong. A nicotine deal. I just meant there was a slight there, there to give it. You know, you, so you, a lot of times you have those tasty Connecticut's, yeah. but they're just so mild with no nicotine and no strength that it's like, man, I wish this thing had just a little bit of oomph to it to kind of propel. And this does have does yeah, have enough of yeah. that in there. Yeah. Um, yeah, I got I got you on that. It's a it's a really good cigar. Really, that cream on the retro hail too. I mean, on the on the draw on the retro, it's just a creamy fucking cigar. Yeah. And normally, I I barely get cream. Yeah, you're you're hard to and I, we're creaming all over that the was, place. That was probably know. like the second profile or the second flavor I got out of the profile. Uh, oh man. Okay, this pairing wise, it's working. This the the beers. I'm sorry, the um, old habits die old hard. Old habits, yeah. Uh, the Woo, booze. Sweet raisin. Sweet raisins. On the retro hill. That's your new catchphrase. Sweet raisins. Sweet raisins. <laughs> Tell your doghouse is on fire. Sweet raisins. All of a sudden, Spike Lee shows, or uh, Spike Lee. Luke Cage? Yes. Stanley. Stanley. All of a sudden he shows up and is like, come on, it's just one word off. As Luke Cage would say, sweet Christmas, you would say sweet, sweet raisins. raisins. And unlike I don't Luke, think Stanley's popping up anywhere. And unlike he pops up <laughs> everywhere. And unlike Luke Cage, I'm gonna say this 
catchphrase everywhere in every scene. You can see it now. Tuttle's at the grocery, Sweet grocery store with his wife. <laughs> hey, they have one box of Honey Nut Cheerios left. Sweet raisins. No, Honey Nut Cheerios. Sweet raisins. They're confusing everybody. <laughs> Anything you need from the produce? Sweet raisins. Okay. No, I hate raisins. Seriously, don't you guys hate raisins? No, I like oh, raisins. Raisins are good. They're good fruit. Oh. Do, do you hate raisins? Yeah. Yeah, I do. Oh. They're gross. No. Just eat grapes. Everybody likes grapes. Grapes are good, too. Oh, They're just yeah. different. If you could become... Oh, my God. Are we going to talk about this movie? 16-year-old you or you now, what would you prefer? Me now. Oh, actually, me now, yeah. So that's why you guys like raisins. You're the old wrinkled <laughs> versions of what used to be a nice plump I'm little sorry. grape. Despite the uh, cigar habit, my skin is taut. It's taut. Sweet raisins. <laughs> uh, we'll get back to these guys. Uh, there is a secondary foot on here. I'm going to go ahead and remove it just because I don't want to mess with it later. Um, it came off. I'm amazed that I'm easy. I'm, I'm amazed that I'm still at y'all's. I'm well, not I think maybe now. you're learning. Go a little slower, and you start to pick up a little more flavor. No, I'm sure that's not it. I want to say I actually read a review of this cigar where they stressed the importance of smoking it slow. They actually smoked one a little hurried, and then yeah. when they smoked the other two slower. I'm trying to remember where I read that, but they were like, I cannot stress enough. This is a cigar to be savored slowly. All right. So keep doing what you're doing. Look at that ash. Beautiful. Sweet raisins. Sweet raisins. Uh, all right. You want to talk about the movie? Let's talk about the movie. Once Upon a Time, Once upon a time in Venice. Did you guys watch on Hulu? I watched it on Amazon. It was streaming for free on Hulu. Oh, son of a... Sweet raisins. Sweet raisins. Uh, sorry. I realized I forgot to tell you guys that. Yeah, I picked it up off of Amazon. Amazon. Hulu. Five bucks. Oh, he watched on Hulu free. Uh, well, dude, on Hulu I was surprised. No commercials. I was going to rent it if there were commercials. Uh, Do you not have the subscription plan? Yeah, but we only use it for shows. I'd never watch movies on there. I didn't know if they'd do commercials. Because they do commercials on shows that we pay for. We have yeah, a paid only, subscription. Only on, only on, only on certain them. ones. Yeah. Well, the ones but not we during watch. the show. Yeah. No. no yes. No, they do it one at the front. We have a Hulu subscription, and there are commercials during our shows. No, you're, you're full of it. No, they not not during. They do it one at the front and one at, one the, at end. the end. Incorrect. They do it every ten minutes. I'm not imagining it. I know, I know what I saw. Then, then you don't have. Maybe a they don't do it on your comic book shows, but they do it on the <laughs> shit I watch. McNeil Lair News Hour. <laughs> they haven't had that on the thing for like 10 years. I would love it if they could. McLaughlin Group. I watch political shit to make me smarter. Wrong Sweet reasons. Wrong petty, petty, buke, buke. Uh, Nova. Man, I do, I do watch The Nova. old one, the one that matters, not that new stuff. Directed by Mark Cullen, uh, who wrote another Bruce Willis film, 2010's Cop Out, but let's not hold that against oh. him. Wow. Uh, I gotta stop saying now. Now it's my catchphrase. I, I overtook it somehow. <laughs> Gimmick infringement. Um, trivia time. What do these ten titles I'm about to list off have in common? Ready? Let me get through them and then you can answer. First kill. Marauders. Precious cargo. Extraction. Vice. The prince. The cold light of day. Fire with fire. Catch forty four. Set up. 
What are Bruce Willis movies you've never heard of? They're all movies put out after 2010 starring Bruce Willis. That you've never heard of. I was about to say, I was going to go with the answer of movies I've never seen before. <laughs> Dude, those are just a sampling of the fucking straight-to-video movies that Bruce Willis has done in the last six years. He's working. This guy used to be the biggest name in Hollywood. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that's how much I think... I'm, yeah. I think that says more about how the business has changed um, in, a, in a way... There's so many platforms. Like we were just on Amazon, Hulu. Everybody needs content. Everybody's right, pumping right. out, you know, these these flicks. And hey, if you can get Bruce Willis for a couple of days, put his picture on the poster, and uh, there's no posters anymore. Picture on the digital poster, and uh, yeah, the guy's working, but he's making shit I've never seen. Yeah, and apparently it's stuff that's not very well received either. Uh, you know, even this movie on uh, Amazon was rated three out of five. Uh, well, um, oh, and they were bashing it on YouTube comments. Of course, YouTube comments bash everything. But well, as big of an Arnold fan as I am, as you all know, I actually grew up literally idolizing Bruce Willis. Uh, I paid lunch money to a kid so he'd record moonlighting for me because I didn't have a VCR. Uh, and then I'd trade another kid comic books in exchange for him letting me come over to his house and watch the VCR tapes of moonlighting. Uh, <laughs> And that's how Kate learned economics. Uh, I walked like David Addison, his character on Moonlighting. I talked like him. I even asked my hairdresser cousin. This is a true story. I swear to God. I had a cover of Bruce Willis on the cover of People magazine from the movie he did, Sunset, the Western. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And I was like, hey, can you do my hair like this, where it kind of gets up like this? And he actually educated a 10-year-old Cade on what a receding hairline is. <laughs> it's like, that's not a choice, young young Cade. That's, that's how his hair goes. I was like, oh, because I couldn't get my hair to stick up like that. And, uh, he still tells that story. Uh, he's very patient with me. Thank you, Cousin Mark. Uh, but if you think those things were intense, you ain't heard nothing yet. In sixth grade, I found a book in the library that had celebrity addresses in it to send off for their autographs. This was before the internet, obviously. Um, and it had Bruce Willis in there, and the address was Laurel Canyon, uh, part of Los Angeles, and which checked out because I read in People magazine that he had been arrested at a house party of his in Laurel Canyon for disorderly conduct. He's playing music real loud, and the cops showed up, and he like took a swing at him or something. Oh, okay. So I remember Laurel it. Canyon, and here it was his address, uh, Laurel Canyon. So I wrote him a letter. Uh, I was kind of an unhappy kid in, in middle school, and uh, I wrote him a letter asking if I could come out there and be his bodyguard and I said I'd be perfect because nobody would suspect a kid of being your bodyguard so I'd kind of go off the radar and I wouldn't take up much you know I wouldn't take up much room and I wouldn't like bother him at all but I was just really miserable and I really just want to come out there and live with him I uh, sleep in your closet I'm real small thank I god I didn't write it. Kevin Spacey <laughs> uh no, but I, I, I really I really did, uh, and I, I never heard back from Bruce. Um, but uh, I mean that's that's kind of another level of uh, nowadays it'll be called stalkers. Well, not when a kid does it. Well, it gets worse. Uh, to this day, I still have what I call the Bruno box in my garage. 
actually keep now Bruce Willis's head in the box. <laughs> no, no, no. Uh, you can attest to this. You've helped me move several times. I have a large Don't cardboard. Don't to anything. Do not admit to anything. I have a large cardboard box. Is Cody in trouble here? And I don't let anyone look at it when we're moving, but it says BW on it. I call it the Bruno box. From a time I was in middle school when Moonlighting came out, I literally collected every magazine. I have all of his cassette tapes, albums, CDs, The Return of Bruno, uh, books uh, on Moonlighting, TV guides he's on the cover. I literally have a 20-pound box. Right up until, like, college? Two years ago? No, it was right around Pulp Fiction where I started a waiver. Yeah. I almost threw it out a year or two ago. I found, like, what am I going to do? I, I mean, I'm not... After Pulp Fiction, I kind of wavered on Bruce. Um, for someone who was that obviously obsessed with a, a, a Which guy. is interesting because, I mean, Pulp Fiction was kind of his comeback. Well, it was, and I loved it. But, you know... As a kid, I just I, I didn't have a lot. I was the only kid, and I kind of lived in the movies. Yeah. And yeah. I kind of lived on TV, and I just uh, all right. I was fucking weird. Is that is that fair to say? Uh, but no. But after Pulp Fiction, um, I kind of sensed in him a his guy, career turned a guy not a guy not giving it a hundred percent. And I disagree with Pulp Fiction. No, 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 no. I'm talking post-Pulp post. Fiction. Oh, now that I can... All right. Yeah, and I got you. I've always I got had you. trouble supporting someone if I sense they're not given 100%. Like, dude, why am I going to... Give 100% root of Root you yeah. on uh, if you're not even uh, yeah. doing this all with everything you got. So, I mean, I kind of... And it's, it, there's a difference between, you know, having a bad day at the office versus having 10 bad days at the office... You're absolutely right. And even uh, the other st- stalwarts of the action genre, Stallone, Arnold, you can say what you want about their shitty movies. They always went all in. Yeah. Uh, they never collected a check. Oh. And uh, I kind of got that sense from him after Pulp Fiction, and it grew and grew and grew. Um, so, you know, I just thought he was kind of sleepwalking through some stuff. and it, Which is kind of su- why I was surprised that you kind of went with this one. Well, um, we had to. Um, I, You know, I... I wanted to do give him another chance, and this seemed like a, a movie that wasn't straight up just action and. and oh, a, the trailer looks funny. And a scowl, it, wow. it had some humor to it, um, but I mean, every once in a while since Pulp Fiction, uh, there's been a diamond in the rough. I mean, for every Last Man Standing, which I love, there were five Mercury Risings. Yeah. yeah. For every one Sin City, there were ten Lucky Number Slevens. Yeah. Slevens. Yeah. See, he yeah. didn't remember that one. Yeah. Uh, it was just like one every once in a while he'd give me a little bit of hope, and then it would just complete, it. completely uh, <laughs> just just trash it. Uh, but somewhere in between the mucky muck, uh, I just kind of lost my love for the guy. Uh, he wasn't the same man I first fell head over heels in love with. Um, is that the same experience you guys had with Bruce Willis? Uh, Did you write to him? No. no. Do you no. want to shave your heads? In that no. Fake receding hairline? No. I don't need to do that now. <laughs> I'm as close to him as I can get in terms of hairstyle. God, I envy you. <laughs> um, but growing up, I mean, you had to love him. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Were you big oh, yeah. Moonlighting fans? Oh, absolutely, or? man. Moonlighting fans? God. I watched Moonlighting, but I wasn't just like, you know. Oh, it changed my life. It was the wittiest writing I'd ever heard. I never heard people talk. Yeah, yeah. Because it, it was a very uh, old school 
kind of uh, you know black and white movie zing and zing. Yeah. Uh, it was it was like I never heard so clever and so fast. I mean, I would write down his one liners. It was the predecessor of Whedon, uh, not not Whedon. Uh, who's the guy that you Sor, Sorkin? Sorson? Aaron Sorkin. Sorkin. Uh, just just dialogue for days, bum, 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 bum. and I would write the shit down, and I would go into the next you know day, and you like you know my teacher would be like you know Matt you got your homework do bees bee like I had all you know uh, just we take- get it we get it you like moonlighting <laughs> we we get it do you have your homework uh, <laughs> but yeah, uh, yeah so getting back to Once Upon a Time in Venice uh, I'm sure this is the one that'll bring old Bruce back. Uh, we start things off. Do you want to get into it? Do you have anything to say about Bruce Willis, or do you want to save that for? We're gonna at the end. We'll do yeah, our I'm top saying, five. Let's go. Let's go. Let's get into this film. Uh, any uh, quick thoughts on the cigar before your ash is a thing of beauty? Oh, it is beautiful. And normally I thump ashes really quick, but uh, this thing is stacking it like dimes. You like thumping those ashes, Dustin Hoffman style? Hey, I want to apologize for anything I might have done. Why? No, I'm sorry. What? You did it or you didn't do it. There's no what I might have. If well, I did, if, what if what if you don't remember doing it? Oh, us style. Us style. <laughs> exactly. Well, that's uh, twice as bad. I'm gonna say I didn't do it, but boy, that doesn't sound like me. <laughs> but I'm sorry. <laughs> it's kind of like, all right. You know what? I'm sorry, Dustin Hoffman. It could happen to any of us. That's what. By all accounts, though, he was sober. Wouldn't it? My say? first reaction was like, look, you either did or you didn't. Don't don't him haw on this. But then I got to thinking about it. I was like. Well, it's, what, 20 years ago? He normally doesn't drink two bottles of tequila. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, there's been plenty of Wednesday mornings where I've texted you guys just to, like, uh, did I really do? I don't say that, did I really do? I'm like, are we still friends? (laughs) (laughs) I think I might have done something. I just want to apologize for anything I might have done last night. (laughs) Grabbing his ass the right and left. (laughs) Um, All right, well, we'll try not to dwell. Bruce Willis has never been... Uh, no accusations against him, so we, Yet. Can, we can move forward. Yet. He didn't need to harass him. He's Bruce fucking Willis. Which means, yeah, it's coming. It's coming. Well, back to Once Upon a Time in Vegas again. Venice. Uh, we start... Th- what I say? Vegas. Uh, Venice. Venice. California. Uh, we start things off at a Venice uh, Beach skate park where grizzled old private detective Steve Ford, played by Willis... Steve Ford... Uh, I was a fan of this name, and I don't really know why. He always has the best. It, say what you want about his movies; they always give him the best movie. Like, I remember one time I was flipping channels, and it was Hostage. Remember that movie? It was like a famed hostage negotiator, oh, Jeff yeah. Talley. Yeah. Uh, yeah, they give him good names. Steve Ford is lecturing a group of adolescents about the dangers of drugs and meaningless hooker sex. Telling them point blank that if they go down his path of admittedly fun, but ultimately deadly lifestyle choices, they'll wind up waking up one day naked on the floor with a gun in their mouth. Me style. <laughs> uh, it should be a fun scene, but again, I kind of saw Willis walking through it a little uh, bit, and I wasn't really feeling it, and it, it got me off. I'm like, oh boy, what am I doing here? Uh, however, when the Willis body double jumps on the skateboard... <laughs> oh, God. It takes off. Like- Takes off down into the swimming pool, dude. I I was like, I was right, like, that saved it. That well, saved it. and that's what the first thing I thought as soon as he's like, you know, he's like, all right, you know what? Enough of this. Let's go skate, guys. And I thought I was like, they are not going to show. They are not going to show. Hell no! They showed the guy skate. They like, had a bald guy, same build as Willis, 
skateboard his ass off in this movie, and it's so funny every time. Because every time he's like, "Let's do this," and then he'll step out of frame, and then that, that other bald yeah, guy will step in. And <laughs> it reminds me in the opening credits of another great TV show, 90210. Whenever they do the opening credits for uh, Luke Perry, Dylan McKay, they show this other dude on the surfboard that's clearly not him. <laughs> but the funny thing is, is that I didn't mind the body double on the skate deal. No, it was it hilarious. Was, it, it, actually, it was. It was funny, but they actually looked similar enough to where I can't knock it because they did it right. They did. Why well, no, I had to actually stop and, was like, and go back just like, is that him? No, no it's not. I was, I was literally like, him. can he actually ride a skateboard? No. This dude's riding all over the place. You might want to take this. Yeah, the no, stop. I, 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 was, I was concentrating on the show and not my... <laughs> anybody else need a little more? Right, I'm right. good right now. Chilled? No. Um, well, we know that Steve is the only detective in town uh, because the film is narrated by his younger partner, John. And he explains everything to us in voiceover. I love voiceovers. I know you do. John if, you're, is, if you're in a detective movie, you have to have a voiceover. I'm sorry. But I was really this wanting it to detective. be Bruce Willis's voice and that gravelly, I just woke up from a hangover. I will get to the voiceover later. Uh, I have some thoughts on that. Uh, John is played by Silicon Valley and Sprint Cellular commercial star Thomas Middleditch. Is he Sprint or Verizon? I think he's Verizon. It doesn't matter. He does cellular commercials. Oh, okay, yeah. uh, I think we're splitting hairs here. <laughs> he was in a movie we did, The Last, The Final Girls. Yes. yes. He was on, yeah, he was. Was on, that was my first exposure to okay. him. Uh, he has a very um, niche... He is typecasted for life. He will not get another role outside of this quirky, nerdy guy. He's a dork. Guy. Yeah. And that's what he plays. Uh, he's he's uh, Steve's younger partner. Uh, across town, uh, John, young John is shadowing a missing woman that they've been paid to track down. He follows her into a sex addiction group therapy session. Uh, another early comedic scene that fell kind of flat. For yeah, me. this one, yeah. I thought like... Boy, we're like five minutes into this thing, I'm like... Arr. Yeah. At this point, I wasn't yeah. really like... I thought I'd be like... Something would draw me in, like this is going to create some sort of dynamic. No, Nothing. Not really. I was, I w- actually, I was just sitting here watching it, cringing. Like, and yeah. it, and it, it's fun because I mean, I, even though this guy's a one-trick pony actor, and it, actually, I can't say that because I don't know if he has range to do anything else because he hasn't been offered anything else or I haven't seen anything else. But you know, I just, I like, I like this note that he hits, but it just. Yeah, it was kind of flat to me. It just wasn't all that funny. First five minutes, everything is flat to me. Yeah. Um, well, I like the other actors in this sex. In the sex uh, scene, the, the, sex the extras addict. telling their sex stories were much funnier than he was. Well, yeah. I thought yeah. I thought with the Willis scene, it would have been great had you just seen him like going on this whole rant, like you can't do this to yourself. Blah, you want to? You'll end up like me with a gun. And then like if they showed the kids, if you hadn't seen the kids and then see them, then it would have been hilarious. There's a, that's yeah. direction. Yeah. Who's he talking to? And you see these little ten-year-olds. Yeah. I mean that I was. And like, then one of the ten-year-olds takes off all their clothes and runs down naked down some railroad tracks. Again, what? again, What'd why I'm not allowed to make movies, and why even when all the directors are kicked out, yeah, they're not I still coming. won't be allowed to make. <laughs> they're not coming. Uh, that is a good point. That would make that scene much funnier. Um. Well, he follows this uh, woman into this sex thing, this sex... Uh, sex addiction. Addiction therapy. Anomalous, and it, 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 it does fall flat. Um, She's hot, though. But he finally reveals himself to her as a private dick. And he talks her into... He's like, you know, your brothers have paid us to find you. And he talks her into... 
being re- spending the night at Steve Bruce Willis's apartment. His boss. I want you to spend the night at, at my, my boss. boss's apartment until he can take you to be reunited with your Samoan brothers in the morning. Well, not only does the beautiful woman Nola agree to spend the night at this total stranger's place, John's car hasn't backed out of the parking lot before we cut to the now naked Nola riding Steve like a bucking bronco. Yeah. All right, one, I don't like seeing Bruce in this scene, but I do like seeing her in this scene. Well, as they lie in bed post-coitus. Did I use that right? You did. Yes. Nola's two giant, uh, giant Samoan brothers. <laughs> Samoan brothers. You thought I was going to say titties. No, no I didn't. I, uh, you did. They were yeah. nice. Uh, Nola's uh, two giant Samoan brothers break into the apartment. They paid Steve to find her, not to fuck her. I love these two guys. I think they're funny. And after a brief tussle, Steve grabs his gun and his skateboard and leaps out the two-story window where he dives straight into the swimming pool. Body it, double. And he doesn't fall like into the swimming pool. It's, it's a perfect dive. He knows what he's doing. He's <laughs> thought about this. this. My escape say, plan. That's the 15th window he's gone through this year. Dude, he knows exactly what he's doing. With the brothers hot on his tail... He jumps on a skateboard and starts skating around downtown Venice, butt-ass naked, as they chase him down in their pickup truck. <laughs> All right, now I'm laughing hysterically. Oh, yeah, yeah. This it's is, like a five-minute chase scene with Bruce Willis naked, naked on the skateboard. On a skateboard. He's covering up his junk. <laughs> uh, <laughs> well, with with the body double on the well, skateboard. True. But it works. It, uh, it totally does. Uh, especially when he gets pulled over by an old cop buddy. Uh, uh, Steve used to be on the force. Yes. And... Uh, as the pop buddy pulls up, he tucks his pistol in between his butt cheeks. <laughs> so the camera cuts behind Willis with his hands up and his guns clenching his butt cheeks to hold his gun. His and then, dude, you know me, when he pulls it out of his butt cheeks. <laughs> but I do, I do like his, I do like his little saying here. Is, well, I know what that feels like well, now. So that's what that feels like. <laughs> My favorite deal is that I, I just pictured this. This vision in my head of me sitting in the editing room with Cade going, make that pop louder. Make that little pop noise louder. It has to pop, by God. Do it again. There you go. (laughs) Well, I know what that feels like now. No, No, take it back louder. A little deeper. Right in there. I do like that line at the end. That's what that feels like. Holy shit, was that funny. (laughs) Well, this crazy chasing goes on and on and on and on. Uh, he's naked skateboarding on top of... He'll go into a bar and skateboard across right, the now bar I love naked. this scene because here's the fact. He gets in there. He runs in. He's naked with a skateboard. He jumps on the bar with his... All the way down the bar. Then, and, of course, I'm like, the bar has no drinks on it, which, of course, that's a perfect setup. But what I love is the bartender. What Come on, say? Steve. You can't have a gun in here. <laughs> is it still his butt cheeks in that? No, he's holding it. Oh, okay. But I love you can be you can be naked. You can be naked. You, you can, can have a skateboard. skateboard across my bar. But you can't have a gun in here. Come on. So he zips out the window. He's like, all over the place. where are these places? I want to go to them. Well, eventually he wakes up. Uh, yeah, because the crowd's like cheering. They're like, they don't even, most so of them don't even react like. Tuesday night at the pub, you want me to dust off my old skateboard? <laughs> oh, God. Dude, I get two feet on it, break my hip. Oh, God. Yeah, oh. let's just uh, pull a rug over his. Rest in peace, O'Brien's. You were, you were, you were a great pub. <laughs> Uh, well, he finally wakes up this fat pizza shop owner he knows and begging him for help with his dong flapping around in the warm Venice breeze. Help me in. Just let me in. The guy's like, you got to help find my car. His, his car got stolen. He Come wants on, man. Don't help. break my heart again. And he's like, all right, fine, fine. So uh, at this point, man, we're having a good time in this It film. was. It, yeah. it, the, the first five minutes fine. compared to the this. It, it's, it's fine. It, you know, I was like, all right, it's picked up. There's things happening. 
as long as you don't lose this sense of fun, we're going to yeah, be okay. I agree. I agree. And I'm thankful to say, it, for the most part, keeps it up. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, that pizza shop owner, Tino, who's a really funny character. Yeah. He's oh, got a great look to yeah, him. He's got good, good timing. Yeah, really yeah. good. I liked him. Uh, like I said, he only helped Steve out in exchange for retrieving his stolen car. The problem is it was stolen by the biggest drug dealer on the beach. A big-time gang leader they call Spider with a Y, S-P-Y-D-E-R. He's so badass, he once killed a Starbucks employee because they wrote Spider with an I. He killed the guy. Uh, We know this because John tells us in voiceover. Uh, (laughs) Steve manages to sneak into Spider's party house by disguising himself as a pizza delivery guy who has to use the bathroom. But when he finally gets in the garage and tries to start up Tino's classic car... It's been totally tricked out with hydraulics yeah, yeah. and like a La Cucaracha plays yeah. whenever you turn. Stuff. He can't get the damn thing going. Uh, by and, the way, and Spider's played by? I'm going to uh, get to that in all a right. minute. Uh, so he's flipping all the switches. It's going crazy. It alerts the Mexican gangsters that he's in there. So hey, Spider, someone's trying to steal, steal your, your car. car holes. Can we do that, boys? Well, we're just doing the movie. Oh, okay. Yeah, this is almost... It, the the Mexican gang is in effect almost a caricature. Basically, oh, it's a caricature. they're doing it so we can do it. Yeah, we can do it, Holmes. Yeah, Holmes. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, uh, Steve smashes through the garage door and takes. Did you ever off. see um, the movie uh, Stand and Deliver? Yeah, uh, Edward James Edmund, Almos. Sure. Uh, what's his name? Lou Diamond Phillips' character. I'm pretty sure the director just said, "Go watch that guy," and then repeat every line like him. Don't you know I'm loco? Yeah, man. <laughs> um, what is, is Kakulis? Well, he busts through the garage door in his car. He finally gets it going. They're shooting their guns at him. and uh, He sideswipes other cars. He, he smashes through he stuff. He smashes into every other car and on the street to get away. this is a beautiful, beautiful it car was. that he just uh, But he gets away. Uh, as Tut mentioned, Spider is played by Aquaman himself, Jason Momoa. Cal Drogo. Cal Drogo of uh, Game of Thrones fan. Boy, for a straight-to-video and flick... And also of the crappy Conan remake. Correct. I was going to leave that out. For a straight-to-video flick, every role in this thing is like somebody. Yeah. I was really surprised about cast. that. It's got a very, very... I mean, I, don't, I only cast. knew about... Like, this is before they were big. This is this year. Yeah. I mean, and this was, you know... I, I The only three I knew going into it, uh, which has, he hasn't been introduced yet, but just those two alone right now on screen, you're like, wow. Yeah. Okay, those are... I mean, those two... Two huge actors, right? Yeah. Here. And the funny thing was is that when I, when I first saw Moma in this, I was like, "All right, here's where here's where we're going. This is I I like Moma. I oh, you like, thought he was going to be serious, take the role seriously, yeah, and try to be I, like a gangster? Yeah. And, and I mean, I like Moma. I like him a lot. But I was like, no, man, he's going to try to straight this, and this is a comedy. This is this is fun, and I'm glad I was wrong. Me too, and I, I think I had the same gut instinct to you. The guy's not known for his comedic chops. Uh, well, speaking of big names, Steve leaves a heartbroken Tino. He can't believe the condition is bullet-ridden, oh, smashed-up oh, cars in. And he skateboards over. He's still got the skateboard. <laughs> skateboards over to uh, Dave Jones' surf shop, which is run by Steve's lifelong best friend and skating buddy, Dave Jones. My man. Played by John Goodman. Uh, well, as luck would have it, Dave's working late. He just finished up sanding Steve's new surfboard. So instead of uh, sleep, these two old friends hit the waves. We join them out at the beach. Uh, of course, we don't see them surfing. Ooh, you see them sitting we on see a them surfboard. Sitting on, we see John Goodman sitting on a surfboard. <laughs> we couldn't find a double for that. 
What's the What's the gig? We want you to be John Goodman surfing. Oh come on, man! Sweet raisins. <laughs> Sweet raisins. <laughs> uh, but you know what? I totally bought, and this is where I started to warm up to Willis, because his that scene with him in the surf shop with Dave. Dave's yeah. going through a divorce and he's kind of out of it. I I was like, well, holy shit! Like Willis. But you know why? There was a smile that he gave. But you know why? Why? Y- yes, there was a smile he gave. Well, the smile sold me. I was like, I believe that these guys are friends. It's because Goodman and Bruce grew up. They were young actors in New York City together before Moonlighting. They used to audition together. They used to party together. When, when Bruce Willis was a bartender, Goodman would come in and hang out at the, his bar all night. They are lifelong best friends. They've been friends oh, really? since the 80s. And it, it so shows in these scenes. Uh, I kind of equate it to, you know how comfortable Stallone and Arnold are in their scenes? These two guys yeah. that have yeah. kind of known yeah. each other and yeah. busted each other's balls for years. It's even more so that because Willis and Goodman knew each other before they were anything. See, the first I time I ever saw John Goodman was on Moonlighting. Bruce got him a... a, a Kind of stand-up role on yeah. uh, on an episode of Moonlight. I mean, these are old friends, and man, it, it just shows. I a, didn't know that his- comfortableness between the two. I didn't of them. know that history, but now knowing that history, it makes perfect sense. Because uh, there was a, an effortlessness with them two on the same screen that I was just I was very comfortable with. But it was Willis actually acting. And like yeah. working at it, and like well, well I think not not he's—it's like it's not like he's on the screen with Kelvin Lutz or some right. young actor who First really of all, doesn't Goodman give a knows shit about. Shit. He's not going. And Goodman brings shit. Goodman brings it every time, and he's not going to half-ass it. Man, it's just a good little scene. It was well, a believable you know, and, little scene. You know, I mean, with the the history that you know Goodman has put out here in the last few years with uh, com- overcoming alcoholism and everything like that, every role that I have seen him in previously. He's really just kind of knocked it out of the park. Uh-huh. Uh, I mean, and I mean, I love he, he gets on screen and, he, and that—that's his scene. I, I I love Goodman. Whether it's the you know bigger than life character of uh, uh, Oh Brother Where Art Thou, you know Big Dan Teague, love him in that. Uh, even when he's like the comedic sidekick in that crappy love story, almost something uh, with uh, Richard Dreyfuss when they're like. Uh, uh, always fighter fighter pilots or something always, like that. Always, yeah. Always. Uh, you know, to his work at Tim Cloverfield Lane, where he plays yeah. that. Really I heard he was really good. In that. Oh, he was great in that. He was actually really good uh, in uh, Trimme, the first season when he was in that. Oh, Kevin Smith's first attempt at horror, Red State. He played an FBI Red agent. Red State. That's correct. He was yeah. the only. Yeah. Well, him and Michael Parks were really. He had good a, at he it. had a small part in that uh, uh, Wahlberg film, The Gambler. Yeah, bad and, guy, right? Yeah. Well, he he's, wasn't really a bad guy. He he played like a like a like a loan shark guy. Yeah. But his his character in that was just it was you just felt that's, it like that that's was why him. I, that's why I think you see Willis acting in this one because I really think it made Willis step up back up into. I agree. His you game. play to your competition, yeah. and on screen, even though they're friends, it's still competition. You don't want to be showed up by your buddy. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. Um, now it's interesting because as we go forward. Goodman confused me a lot. I didn't know... He made some choices. Thank you, because I spent most of the film saying, now, is this a choice, or am I seeing Goodman kind of... Oh, that thought? We're going to come back to Goodman later, and we'll talk about it. Okay. By the way, look at that. He's still (laughs) rocking that ash. Holy smokes, look at that thing. 
<laughs> you know, it's a good time. Uh, you know, now that we're starting the next morning here after a crazy start to the the story. How are you feeling? Uh, um, I'm liking it. There's actually a little bit of pepper on the yes. retro hill. Oh, yeah. Uh, Mid- midway, midway through, point. pepper came back. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, it's kind of nice. It's kind of got some nice little transitions there. Not drastic. I mean, it's not swinging no, profile. you got to love it when something complimentary. was there uh, and then it reemerges. Exactly. Same with you, yes. You get that pepper coming Oh, back. yes. Absolutely. I have to say that there's a subtleness in Willie's blend on this that, you know, I... I haven't really seen before in a Willie cigar. Uh, now I'm a big fan of the Nortenos, but I love the Nortenos because of that Lajero profile and that strength <coughs> that just kicks you in the teeth the entire way. But it's not a it's not a it's not a variant cigar. There's not a lot of switches to that profile as you go down the cigar. Correct. This has a lot of nuance. That I man, good job, Willie. You and I picked up a lot of nuance in the underground sun grown that yes. you, that you were a little harder getting yeah. to. Um, I am not a fan of the uh, Herrera Steli, his namesake, the first blend he did. I don't. It's a I good. Like the, I like the uh, Lancero. It's a good cigar. Uh, I'm just. It's out of the D catalog. It's not one I go to. Right. Long. Right. Um, so you know that was kind of Willie's first big push into. My world, right? With it was that. the Herrera. Um, I am just every Norteño I have, I like it more and more. Yeah. Uh, recently got a box. Oh, I love the of the extra Coronas. Um, but man, this is nuanced between the cream, the in and out pepper. Mm-hmm. Um, still got the, that breadiness there. Got the breadiness. Right, the, I, I'm still getting a salty peanuts. Peanuts. Um, I, I tell you what, it's nice for once not to have a, a big woodsy component of a cigar. Oh, oh damn! And ash finally dropped. Drop that ash. Uh, it was good while it lasted. But do you guys agree for the for the first time in a long time? There's there's no woodsy component to this thing. Correct. Correct. No, I, we, we we always like have I said a, when I started it was the leather. The I had yeah. I had just a, a sweet like earthiness, but no, it wasn't. No cedar, no, no uh, nothing like hickory, that. no, no. There's not. It's, it's uh, there, there is a natural sweetness, but boy, it's it's really overpowered by that cream, um, and and the, and the nut and the like you said the breadiness, um, but man, that pepper, it could get boring, but then that pepper midway kicked back I'm in. I'm really surprised that I'm p- I'm picking the bread out of this, and not only the bread as a, just a, a you know a sample flavor coming through there, but actually a, a foundation flavor. Yeah, I'm and it's. There's times where I'm retrohaling and it's like I'm in a freaking bakery. Uh, it's nice. Uh, it is nice. Who doesn't, who doesn't like uh, who doesn't bakery? Who doesn't like bakeries? It's like a Czech bakery, by the way. Those are the best bakeries. It's like smoking a kolache. <laughs> uh, more like a klobusniki. Did he say that right? Yes. Oh. Boom! Sweet raisins. Sweet raisins. Do you like sweet raisin kolache and Copasnickies? I would love a sweet raisin. Actually, a sweet raisin, that would be technically a kolache. Yes. That would be a kolache, yeah. Copasnicky is a kolache with meat, correct? Correct. Uh, Sausage jalapeno. Remember that road trip we took? Uh, You, me, and uh, some others. uh, And we stopped at the... It was at West... To get the kolaches and they had the pepperoni kolache. Oh yeah. Oh, that was to my wedding, uh, my first wedding. Yes. In yeah. Dallas. Yeah. I yeah. Think so and uh, oh, it was terrible. 
but I had two of them, and I really wanted one of. Uh, we took one of the bartenders from the pub, Nada, uh, with us, and she had two regular sauces. I'm like, man, this pepperoni is so good. I did the old uh, Tom Sawyer painting the fence. Like I sure would never share these with anybody. All right, Nada, if you want to trade a pepperoni for a oh, it's filled with just tomato sauce. It was just terrible. And uh, as soon as she took, uh, she traded me. She took it. I was like, "You fucking asshole! This Coba Snicky is total shit." <laughs> Meanwhile, I was like, "Sweet raisins." Oh, <laughs> uh, I will say this: uh, I do have a verdict on the method of drinking the Brixton Mash Destroyer. Chill, okay. chilled, chilled. Uh, I had it with ice. Man, I'm a fan of neat. I had it neat. Try it chilled. Try it chilled. Uh, you still get all the flavors from the neatness. But man, it's just it. I, I do like I do like that chilled factor to it. Very very, and man, it is just accompanying the cigar. I was worried that the the rum and the bourbon might be just a one two punch. They're this. playing it great. But and I mean, this isn't a powerful cigar. It doesn't have a chance if this thing was overpowering. It's not. Man, ever since I went to the neat, uh, oh yeah, they're playing nicely together. I'm always concerned, especially like when we do have liquor, because it can end up being so sweet. That oh, yeah. the cigar just ends up kind of losing out to that. Well, like I'm a I'm a fan of uh, Basil Hayden's, but you get a lot of buttery sweetness off of that, to where it almost like coats your lips on the after aftertaste of it. Yeah, to where it it definitely influences just about every cigar. We have that to be I've careful had. with what we do because I mean, there's been a lot of probably really good cigars that we. Just like I think with the, oh, under, the yeah the underground sungrown blood orange yeah Tuttle couldn't get past that blood work orange that yeah. blood orange IPA was just killing his taste buds yeah. and it didn't bother us we were getting all these flavors that he wasn't getting yeah. as soon as he cut off that beer all of a sudden he started getting started it. getting introduced you got to keep that things, in mind yeah. but uh, man uh, to me this liquor is not going to kill anything I think you could drink this with a Connecticut and and not. A good Connecticut, like a Rose of Sharon or an Undercrown Shade, and uh, you'd be fine. Yeah, it's a good morning, Maybe. a good morning bourbon rum mash, Bre- a breakfast mash, a breakfast mash. Yes, if you're going to drink hard liquor first thing in the morning, <laughs> this is when it's morning drinking time. Make it Brixton Mash Destroyer time. <laughs> Uh, do you think JD is going to hire me for some spots? Oh God! Put I me in a leather not. chair. I hope not. It's entirely possible. Ugh. When it's drinking in your child's carpool line time, <laughs> make it Brixton Mash <laughs> Destroyer time. There's the slate of police. <laughs> <laughs> oh shit! Sweet raisins. Sweet raisins. How did you find me? You're sitting in the parking lot in the leather-bound chair. <laughs> Here, honey, Where's hold my car? It. Here, honey, hold Oh, this. great. Now he's running away down the railroad tracks butt naked. <laughs> what would you do when the police are after you? Oh, I love my life. <laughs> well, Steve has to cut the surfing adventures with his buddy uh, Dave Short as he goes to pick up his beloved dog Buddy from his sister Katie's house. Uh, she and her teenage daughter, Taylor, really like Buddy's company uh, now that Katie's husband, uh, Taylor's dad, is split to Australia to find himself. They're kind of lost, you know. Uh, mom's 50 and suddenly single. Taylor's a good student, good kid, but her dad's, her dad's gone. 52. Wow. Uh, geez, what man would ever leave Fomke Jensen? 
Especially when she's looking like that. Oh, Holy smokes, is it me or she got better with age? She's, she is. She's the best she's ever looked. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> she, of yeah. course, is known as what, Jean Grey from the Jean Grey from the X Men movies. Been Ooh. a million things. She was uh, from the uh, Pierce Brosnan, uh, James Bond, Zidia on a top. <laughs> One of my favorites. Uh, Golden Eye. A lot of vagina. Uh, gosh, she looked amazing here. She did. There's I, fifty. Wow. Uh, fifty-two. Wow. Yeah. Um, again, though, a very small role that could have been played by anybody. She's in the movie for like a total of four minutes. Yeah, she's like in literally two scenes. Maybe anybody three scenes? could have played that role, but they they got fucking Funky Jensen. Like this movie. Who's behind this? Nobody. I don't. I have an answer to why this movie has the cast that it does. Huh. Steve's next stop uh, that morning is the coffee shop where he meets up with Lou the Jew. Maybe they, maybe they were actually like, look, Bruce really needs this. He's going to try this time. <laughs> well, he said that to us before. <laughs> He's really going to try on this one. Uh, well, next up, uh, Steve goes to the coffee shop to meet up with Lou the Jew. That's uh, not our... That's not us. Younger John's voiceover tells us it's not prejudice, it's not uh, offensive to call him that, because he calls himself that. But Lou the Jew is miserly, but not in a Jewish way. His voiceovers. Um, His last name is Jewinsky. I'm thinking at this point, you know what, I'm not a fucking dunce. I really don't need you telling me, like, stuff, John. But that's that's not the point. The point is, like, with a lot of, like, those early detective shows, yeah, they all had that. I guess, but they filled, I mean, in, on, they filled in holes. This guy is just explaining shit we're seeing on screen. Everything he says, like, this guy was a drug dealer, a pimp. A, I we see that. We don't need you to tell me that. But that's like Magnum, man. I think Magnum P.I. did that. Well, yeah, but Magnum was, like, awesome. Yeah, but, I mean, he also, like, would identify, like, characters yeah. that... He'd give you that little quick... Some insight that you wouldn't have otherwise. Right. This guy gives us just superficial shit that we get throughout the story. But I think his... Because, I mean, he started out, you know, in the very beginning. I think his little voiceovers are supposed to be comedic. Yeah. But they're trying to explain things. And they're they're all flat. Yeah. In other words, they're they're not comedic at all. And it's so random when he comes in. Like, yeah, I'll forget that he was even in the movie, and all of a sudden he's talking to me like from the heavens. Yeah. And it's a, and one of the things that does kind of disassociate with like all the voiceovers that I like are usually you the know main they're, character, their main character narrative. This is a side character narrative, right? So right. it's like, am I watching this or am I being told this? It's 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 confusing. So yeah, that's that's kind of where I was going. Okay. Uh, did y'all like the scene between uh, Steve and the barista in the coffee shop? He walks in with his dog buddy. I, I, oh yeah, yeah. And the barista says, "No dogs allowed." Sorry. And Bruce Willis looks at his dog. Oh him? Yeah, he's all right. And the barista says, "What is? What does that mean?" <laughs> and Steve says, "Oh, that's just something I say sometimes when I'm trying to circumvent the rules. Sometimes it works. Not now." And the guy's like, "No." I did. I, I did like that. Scene. I did like that. It was kind of a funny little, yeah. and, and Willis gave it a little bit of something, like it worked. Yeah. Um, I, I like those throwaway moments, uh, but I felt a pulse in Willis, damn it. Um, so I grabbed onto it. Well, I, it's interesting because, I mean, he's basically playing like a a young-spirited but cantankerous old guy, so it's very believable coming from Willis at this age. Well, he's got a young wife. 
you know, he's a guy in his 60s who has a couple kids my kid's age. Like, you know, he, he, he is kind of at that stage of his life where he kind of has to betray his age. And 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 I, I think maybe that played into this a little bit. Maybe he brought some of the the playfulness. I don't. I don't know. I think that you've got whatever he you've channeled. Got so many good. Whatever actors. he fucking channeled, he needs to bottle that yeah. and spray it on him before his other movies. I think that he's got so many good actors. That could be too. They're like, you know what? We're gonna get Willis, but we're but gonna the stack same, the deck against him with really good actors where he can't. But at the same time, I mean, he's, he's still kind of phoned in Expendables. Oh, he's walked through a lot of shit with good actors. I don't uh, know what it was about this movie. Yeah, maybe they just yeah. caught him on a good month. Good. Uh, this is the newest thing from him, though, so maybe like we'll see a new Willows come out of this. Maybe he'll listen to this podcast and get inspired. <laughs> he'll be like, sweet raisins, sweet raisins. I've been doing it all wrong. Oh, man, if he comes out with a sweet raisins line in his next oh. one, I'm not even going to copyright that. Willis, go for it. Well, uh, he does meet up with Lou the Jew, played by Tut. I don't know the actor's name. He's in a lot of the 80s stuff. He's in your favorite movie of all time. Uh, Hiding Out. Dazed and Confused. Oh, Dazed and Confused, yeah. Male-dominant monkey motherfucker. I want to dance. <laughs> I just want to dance. Adam Goldberg. Adam Goldberg. Adam Goldberg. Now he wears was shades. Was he in Hiding Out? That was John Cryer. Was it John Cryer? Or James yeah. Spader. No, that was John Cryer. Oh, John Cryer. Oh, okay. Never mind. I get them confused. They all look alike. Adam Goldberg, but he, he wears shades and a hat. Like yeah. he's older, obviously. Uh, I was going to give you a pass if you didn't recognize him. Um, well, Lou one the, of his most notable films, The Hebrew Hammer. The Hebrew <laughs> Hammer, yeah. definitely. Well, he wants Steve to. He wants to hire Steve to track down. He's never seen The Hebrew Hammer. I just played along. I never heard of it. No. <laughs> <laughs> I have Jewish relatives. It's not because of that. <laughs> uh, he pay, he wants to hire Steve to track down the graffiti artist. Who's been tagging his apartment complexes he owns with lewd pornographic images Ooh. of clowns doing him doggy style. This guy is an artist. Literally, it's a on the side of an apartment building, it's a clown with a cartoon depiction of Adam Wheelbarrowing. Goldberg. Wheelbarrowing. Wheelbarrowing him. Uh, he's so desperate to stop these spray-painting weirdos that he'll sell Steve his old parents' house back. Well, he's got a bunch of Chinese investors that are looking to buy that building. Yeah, he's got to stop the graffiti if the, the investor's going to buy it. But he actually bought up Steve's parents' house real cheap. Now all the Silicon Valley guys are coming in. He'll sell it back to Steve uh, at a considerable discount if he can find these graffiti guys. Yeah, 10% over what he paid for. Correct. But first things first, uh, well, Steve finds uh, Steve sends John out to investigate the graffiti scene. He's tasked uh, with well, helping his friend. Go ahead. Sorry. What? There was one scene here where they're they're talking, making their little deal, and for no reason whatsoever, David Arquette. David Arquette walking down the sidewalk what? bumps into Bruce Willis. Taylor Swift saved music industry, and I'm like, what we're getting the, the band back together, bro. And that's the it. only. That's it. With that. David I have Arquette. no idea. That takes my like. Wh- wh- what's this movie thinking with the casting too? And then I get the feeling like they're trying to shoot these scenes, and like other actors are walking oh, by, walking and by? they just hey, hey, David shoot. Arquette, get over here. You're what am I doing? doing, David Arquette? You're not doing anything. Come here. And it just, I was like, I thought okay, I haven't seen David Arquette since Ready to Rumble. Yeah, and I, and as soon as I saw him, I was like, holy crap, David Arquette. Yeah. 
And that was it. He never comes back. <laughs> no, that was it. Uh, it was weird, yeah. I thought maybe he would, you know, you, you was one of those characters you see, and, and they literally tell you. Who was that? I have no fucking clue. It, this, yeah. the, 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 it made no sense. It shouldn't have been in the movie. It shouldn't have been anybody playing that role. It made no sense. Uh, and, what's, and this is one of those things where, like, I started thinking, uh-oh. Yeah. I was like, is this... And it, this, is this, this, where it falls? this film gave me that feeling, like, all of a sudden, it, it's leading up, and there's a, wait a second. Is this is going to pull a Hudson Hawk on me here? Is it? Started getting, like, that feeling, like, that's what it was going to do. <laughs> I was like, oh, shit. Well, does it? Stay tuned. Well, first things first, uh, as I said, Steve sends John out to find the graffiti artist. While Steve is tasked with helping his old friend Dave, uh, John Goodman, confront his estranged wife at a cafe who's demanding he sign their divorce papers right away. Uh, Dave wears a wire and an earpiece as Steve coaches him from a nearby car. Him and Buddy, the dog, are in a convertible nearby. And, and Man, this is where, Steve, Tut, this is where Tut... Uh, I'm sure this is where you're talking about. It is a weird scene, mainly because of the way Goodman plays Dave. He is so out of it. He's entirely disconnected from everything as he's sitting there with his soon-to-be ex-wife. Steve's advice in his ear he's ignoring. Every time his wife talks to him, he hears a song from his past. He can't even hear what she's saying. Reality in general, he's completely checked out of. And it's almost like he's doing the Willis in all the other movies. Exactly. I just don't know what I'm doing here in this movie. <laughs> and it, I, was, it was almost like I was... There, I, I was like, is he walking through this? But I know Goodman, I, Goodman's never walked through anything as far as I'm concerned. And then I'm like, no? All right, so you've got an ex-surfer dude whose claim to fame is, you know, surfing for like 10 hours straight naked... Because he was on LSD, so maybe it was because... They do say, he, John's vo- uh, John does give us a voiceover that might be useful. Uh, Dave Jones, John Goodman, his legend in Venice is he surfed naked down the boardwalk for 10 hours straight on acid. One, and, and then I was thinking, I was like, all right... Is so, he just gone? Yeah, is he, he's an ex-hippie stoner. That's right, a good point. So, I never actually thought about that. So this is actually a choice that Goodman is making. Because we've known people that have done too much acid that were never the same after. Correct. I never actually thought about that. But it, Which that could have been an angle that Goodman latched on to. I, I think that but, is. But I once again, I think this that thing could have done better had they introduced it back when we first met him. Well, he was still kind of out of it in the surf shop. But that was more of a, my life is falling apart. Right. Yeah, but I think if they'd done that voiceover back then, back saying then, like Dave was like he was the acid head, like he's just and so like you would have context in as opposed to like now you're seeing the scene and he tells and then you get the voiceover. That and I also think that he didn't want to go Lebowski on it because he didn't want to create the dude. Uh, so he was like, I took it by the end of this scene as. Because I respect Goodman as an actor, this poor bastard, his character, is in the midst of losing everything. She's taking his surf yeah. shop. She's taking his home. This is his way of playing it, just a guy who's in the midst of losing everything, and in the process, losing a grasp on but it's also, reality. It's but it's I also, also think, like, which is a bold fucking choice. It's also like, you know, where he... 
he gives up basically everything. He has the chance, you know, Willis is saying, don't sign the papers. Don't sign the papers. Keep the she surf. even says, All right, you can keep the, you surf, can keep shop. the surf shop. And he's like, he goes full martyr, and it's like, you know what? I bet you something that would show her how much I love her. I love you so much, I just want you to be happy. You can have everything. Uh, and Willis is in the car like, but what does he say every time that Goodman fucks up? It'll be good. It'll, it'll be, be all right. He, just, he just says that to everybody. I'll be, it'll, I'll be, it'll be, I'll be right. here for you. It'll be all right. It'll be fine. I'll be here. Because he told that to Jean Grey when uh, she was like on yeah, the sister, steps. Yeah, like, sister. She's like, my husband's left me. We're going to have to get kicked out of this house. It'll, it'll be, be okay. Right. It'll be fine. I get a lot of shit in my life for being that guy. I'm not going not to go into specifics. But it'll be all right. Oh, I always say uh, it'll be okay. I'll bitch about everything to high heaven, but at oh the no, end, no, when I'm it's like, my shit. It's important, like world's world's burning. <laughs> but when it's someone else's shit, that'll be okay. It'll be all right. I'll be here for you. <laughs> what does that do for me? You'll be here, drunk. Yeah. Better than I'm not here, right? Exactly. If you don't want me here, I'll leave. <laughs> you have control over one thing. Me being here. <laughs> uh, but no, but you know what? By the end of the film. I think it worked. He actually created a character. I said I don't like esotericness. I don't like too much, like, I can't figure this shit out. Yeah. But by the end of this film, he had created a character that yeah, somehow, yeah, uh, yeah, somehow I, worked. After a while, I realized it was a choice, and, and then I could latch on and to it. And it worked. That. But this yeah. scene was just bizarre. It, it really kind of was. Uh, um, but you know what? I think we've all been there now that at our age where friends have been in the doldrums. Now. The lowest of lows, and you see them in a place where they're just kind of like. And keep in mind, man, this guy's like in his sixties. This losing is losing everything. How do you start over again in your sixties? So you know what? I, having listened to Goodman talk about his process a little bit on Howard, he did a really good Howard Stern interview last year about his process. I think he maybe took all of it into consideration. Yeah. The acid background, how that might affect your demeanor a little bit. Yeah. Having lost, I, who, it was a young wife, so it wasn't like they were married for 30 yeah, years. She yeah. was much younger than But I think it was just like, you know, what do you do when you're in your 60s and you have a business and a home and it's taken away from you? And it's like, dude, your 60s in poor health, the the idea of starting over it's a can, li- can literally just rattle your brain so much to where you are this character. You're just kind of like... Making no sense, and, and you've done a crap ton of acid in the seventies. Yeah, I think Goodman knew what he was doing. I think so. Yeah. I dig it because it really works in the end. Yeah. It does. Which is again him bringing it. Willis has to step up, and I it, think it it does work. So as long as Bruce Willis only does movies with John Goodman, we'll be all right. And I'm not going to complain about that one bit. Die Hard Six. It's him and John Goodman jumping <laughs> off the building. Well, they're body doubles. I can't believe we got sewed together at the hip. They're like Siamese twins. Those terrorists. Uh, well, that night, Steve falls asleep while uh, parked outside the Lou the Jew's apartment building, staking it out for the graffiti artist. And when he wakes up, because he hadn't slept in days, there's a giant painting now on the building of Lou the Jew sucking Skeletor's dick from E-Man. And to add insult to injury, the graffiti artist spray-painted a big blue dot on the top of <laughs> Steve's bald head. Just to rub his face in it. Uh, later that day, Nola, the Samoan beauty from the earlier in the film, shows back up at Steve's apartment naked, and they start fooling around again. He didn't learn his lesson the first time with those brothers. Well, he did try and tell her, look, you can't be here right now. And, and she takes her top off. The only nudity in the film. Yeah. I, I mentioned yeah. that because... 
I want to talk about that later. Uh, but suddenly his little niece Taylor calls to tell Steve that their house was burglarized. The thieves took everything, her TV, her Xbox, and Buddy the dog. And this is where he stops. What? A furious Steve starts canvassing the area. Yeah, boy, did I use canvassing? You did indeed. Uh, he talks to a nearby liquor store clerk who says it was two stoners who lived down on the beach. Oh, by the way, the liquor store clerk was played by Cal Penn from Harold and Kumar. Yeah. Uh, Again, you could have got a, a small nobody to 10 bucks an hour to play that role. How? And I was just like, why? Because, I, I mean, I like I said, I knew about three people in this movie. Willis, Goodman, Momoa. That was it. I really think that the casting agent is like, look, this is, Bruce needs this. Come on, guys. And I honestly think these guys were walking down the street when they were shooting these scenes. I like, think they all live around there. Hey, is that Bruce Willis over there? Wait, Cal Penn, back there, third guy on the right. Get him. <laughs> I'd love to find out how this, you know, maybe that's the future of the show is, is to having these guys on and, you know, producer or director and tell, hey, like, how, how? Why? Answer us. Sweet raisins. Give us some answers. Sweet raisins. Give us answers. Well, uh, Cal Penn tells him it was two stoners. They lived down on the beach. And, uh, man, they're seriously, between David Arquette and Cal Penn, it's just mind-boggling. Uh, well, Steve tracks down the two druggies who stole Buddy. But uh, he starts kicking their ass. But they tell him they already handed off the dog to their drug dealer, Spider. Uh-oh. Never fuck with a man's dog. Steve barks as he storms off. Did you get that? Steve barks. Ah. Uh, uh. I make a note that didn't go over like I thought. It <laughs> uh, Notes of failure. Well, so now would be an obvious place to bring up the elephant in the room because the synopsis for this film concentrates on the dog. A detective loses his dog and is hell bent on getting it. You immediately think John Wick. That's the elephant in the room. That's where all the YouTube comments on the trailer That focused. is the most inaccurate synopsis. It is not a burnout detective hellbent on finding his dogs. He is not... I think they were trying to give you something relatable, like John Wick. Like, yeah. he lost his dog. Well, man, now no a one man can bent stop on hellfire revenge for his lost dog seems to be a new subgenre. Remember history well, or uh, uh, a valley of violence, violence with Ethan yeah. Hawke? John Wick, like, there's this whole new guy. What do we do here? Well, Make I think take his dog. as a marketer, you can't say this is going to be a cool movie because Bruce's Willis is in it anymore. After the last ten movies, you can't do that. Well, they like John Wick's dog John Wick was very John Wick was very popular, but, so I think they were trying to tap but into let me that t- demo. Let me say this. It surprisingly did not bother me here at all because the tone of this film is so different than these oh, other yeah, films. Yeah, yeah. And... Yes, they should have made it his hamster or something. You know, they took his hamster. They shouldn't. They, they could have made it another pet. Uh, I, I'm approaching this a little bit different because I haven't seen John Wick. Uh, I read all the comments on there, and they were just... I mean, YouTube is an unkind place, and they were just bashing the crap out of this. John Wick loses his dog and literally kills thousands of people just in a bloodthirsty revenge. That's not this movie. No, he punches a hole in the wall and pulls out a Gatling gun and starts just <laughs> killing everybody. I mean, it just... It, it, totally not this movie. No. And it's not intended to be this movie. No. Which, again, I just wish he'd been like, they took your guinea pig, Steve. Arr, I love that guinea pig. Anything else? <laughs> they took your goldfish. <laughs> Bubbles. <laughs> Damn you. Uh, so Steve, to get his dog back, 
uh, takes a gift basket of freshly baked muffins over to Spider's house, where he stole the car a few nights earlier. And, and I love that the cronies are just I love now it. hammering. They're, they're up. hammering up on the guy. He's like, "Hey, what's up, guys?" They're hammering the garage door <laughs> that he drove through with boards. Hey, what's up, guys? He walks past him with the muffins, knocks on the door, gives Spider the muffins. He can't believe that this gringo is stepped got, back in here. You got balls, Holmes. Uh, he's enjoying the muffins though. Uh, there's a touch of cinnamon in there, Holmes. Yo. Hey, bro. What, what, what is what is this again? A little cinnamon uh, in here. Banana, banana nut. It's a hint of cinnamon. A little, a little hint cinnamon. of cinnamon. Yo. It's got all, and all, tough, all his henchmen. All of his mm. tough gangbangers in behind and just eating And they're holding muffins. Buddy. Buddy's eating a muffin. <laughs> uh, but they have Steve tied to a chair. Obviously, yeah. they're not going to let him get away well, with it. Well, you know, the thing I love here is like, you know, everyone else is like, let's fucking kill this dude. And, and he is brought it, muffins. It, Spider's character. No, I want to hear him out. I want to hear this guy out. Because this guy stole from me, and now he brings back... He comes in here... He stole from me bringing me a pizza. Because while he's still in the car, the guy's eating... Spider's eating the pizza. Yeah. And now he comes back. This guy's got balls, Holmes. But he got these muffins. He's got muffins. (laughs) It is funny. Steve also tells him the story of his his little niece and everything. How much the dog means to him. But meanwhile, he's in this chair getting beat the shit out of by (laughs) by the thugs. At one point, Steve breaks free. Might be my favorite scene in the movie. At one point, Steve breaks free from his chair and leaps out the living room window for freedom. But he leaps out this glass window and knocks himself unconscious, and he falls flat on the... It's a one-story house. He falls flat on the yard, and he's out cold. And one of the guys is like... He knocked himself out, Holmes. I've never seen that before. <laughs> but I love more than anything else is you think it's one of those scenes where all of a sudden he's going to like... He's going to start breaking... start shooting. Like kicking ass and like big fight scene. No, he just knocks himself out. Like just <laughs> They just drag his tired ass back in the house and start over again. The next scene, he's tied back up and the window's broken. It's such a good scene. Oh, God, it's good. It is one of those where... I, this is where I start like, you know, this really is making me happy because it's like the things that you're expecting from the yeah. normal Willis thing, like... You've tied me to a chair. You know, you don't... You know, hit, like when he you know I wanted him to look over at one of the henchmen. Don't fucking touch me, Gear, I'll kill you. When he was unconscious <laughs> on the ground, he, like, had his head like this. I was like, all right, the minute they grab him, they drag him back. He's going to turn around and, like... <laughs> no, he was, he was really he knocked out. <laughs> yo, he knocked himself out, yo. Oh, oh, that was funny shit. Well, it turns out, uh, when he comes to, they punch him a couple more times and wake him up. Uh, Spider does have Buddy... Uh, and he'll sell him back to Steve for four thousand, and he needs it in cash twenty four hours. At first he says three thousand, but then he factors in the broken living room window <laughs> and the garage door. And the garage door. Well, Holmes, and he'll throw the dog in for free. This is just the damages to his house. Spider has an, a logic he goes by. I like it. And plus, Moma in this role is just—you can tell he's having fun with it. Yeah? He's having fun. But it's very low key. Like he didn't have to do much. But uh, I haven't seen enough of the guy to. Well, to give you a hint on MoMA, it's like he's this big, muscular dude. So, like, every role he gets is like, all right, flex in every scene. I need you to flex in every damn scene. He was actually soft in this movie. No, he was. He was just there in the stereotypical headband and the white beater shirt just having fun. Uh, he does a really good job with it. And that, that whole scene with Willis and the, the gangsters was, was just good. It was funny. Real quick, I want to uh, – we're all in the – Last third of this thing, the pepper has stayed. Yeah, it has. Strength picks up a little bit in that last third too, to where it's it's definitely present on it. 
cream is the only thing I've had 100% all the way through. Whether the pepper has come and gone, whether the uh, the salted peanuts or the breadiness uh, is, is there. It's always there, but differing uh, right, powers. Right. The cream for me is always... Uh, that coffee note was gone in the first third. Uh, but man, just a, it's a creamy cigar with a lot of interacting flavors. And then that pepper, just when I thought we were only going to get on the retrohale, came back and it's kind of stayed. Um, it's an interesting fucking cigar. It is. It's it's really, really good. Uh, I'm a fan of the Unico series. I love the UF-13. I love the Liga 9. The dark stuff. Uh, the dark, you know, the Lajero just... Oh, but this... I said this with the sun. Man, I'm almost saying that this is probably one of my favorite DE sticks. I can't. I kind of feel like I'm betraying the nine and the thirteen, but it's God, it's good. I said with the underground sun grown, it filled a void in the underground line between the shade and the Maduro. It it brought flavors that weren't there in that line. It kind of filled that middle territory. Yeah. Boy, this brings something to the DE catalog. It's outside of what the normal DE catalog is, I, I, which is a great. I mean, if you're trying to have a very versatile line, yeah. It's, but these days with your state, you have the barrel-fermented type Kentucky fire-cured line of things, yeah. which includes the first Pappy release. You have the Undercrowns, which is kind of, and the Herrera Stellis, which are the traditional smokes. Yeah. And then you have, you know, the Acids, and then you have the Ligas, mm-hmm. which are the, the, the power hitters, the, the dark. Yeah. Um, some less so, the L40 and the yeah. uh, 252, yeah. a little bit less so. Um, this is unlike, this is a nuanced cigar unlike anything I think I've had from Drew Estate. Is that what you're saying too? Yeah, that's, a, that's absolutely what I'm saying. Well, and like I said, the the nuances from Willie as a blender itself, uh, I I, it, it I does really really some, dig that, and I'm surprised to learn that this was like one of his early blends. Yeah. Um, do we want to talk price point? I kind of know the price point, so I can't really guess it. For our listeners, it, it needs to be talked about. Um, it is a special cigar. Yeah. Do uh, you? Are you kind of, you know what it is? I do not. Oh. Well. We're not going to do the, <laughs> we're not going to do the guessing game uh this time because I think that would be a, a fool's a, a fool's a fool's exercise, if you will. Uh these come available in 10 count boxes for $246, which comes in at $24.60 a cigar if my math is correct. I've drank well, it. I was going to be off. I was going to say like fifteen. Twenty-four, twenty-four dollars. Not unheard of in the by any means in the it's pre- not premium cigar worlds. Uh, um, Opus often get up into the twenties. They get in the thirties. They get in up in the thirties. Um, a lot of you know a lot of premium cigars go get up there. Uh, I the will Padron, say this: the Padrones have fifty-dollar cigars. Um, I'm. Man, I don't want to pay $26 for a cigar. Uh, I, I, I just don't. There's a lot of interesting cigars out there that are under that price point. At the same time, I've had quite a few Opus X at this point. And this We've is compared. We've shared Opus Xs at this price point that have 
underperformed. Left us so that un- have been like underwhelmed. Not even close to this cigar. Correct. Long uh, cigars. Exactly, and then not even performed half as well as what I've enjoyed on this cigar. This is a tremendously enjoyable cigar. You can spend $20 on a lap dance, on two lap dances that'll last you a total of five, six minutes. Um, this is $4 more for a cigar that lasts well over an hour. Yeah. I'm trying to put in the context of <laughs> relativeness. Stuff that, stuff that only Cade knows about. I do not know about. Well, I mean, stuff. let's put it in, in, a, in, cool. a, in a booze context. Yeah. You, you get you get a, uh, let's say you get a two fingers of Johnny Walker Blue Label. What does that run you? Uh, we were probably gonna do it, Johnny Walker. We'd probably be charging you easily for two fingers of it, uh, at least fifty bucks. Fifty bucks, and we drink that in twenty minutes, easily. I'm trying to relate the experience. We yeah, smoked I mean, that I mean, we, we would give people a shot of that, and some people would just shoot it straight up, like it was just a cheap bourbon. Yeah, and you're like. Because we've had people young, do that, young Paul style. <laughs> they, they li- you, you literally give them a a, a wonderful <laughs> scotch. They shoot it and like, oh, that was so good. How? <laughs> exactly. gonna, How was that good? I'm you gonna, didn't taste it. I'm going to call out our, our our young cohort. We have a, a you'll you'll know him from our, our short film Hipster. You uh, played Paulkins. Paulkins, young youngster, 20. youngster, uh, and. Last week, we were at the pub celebrating Yak Boy's birthday. We had that uh, delicious uh, Balvini Caribbean cask. Uh, is it 12-year? 14. 14-year Caribbean cask scotch. Nada delivered our drinks. We were all... Well, we were all sniffing. We were all getting the nose just, of this. Just getting the... Swimming in the aura of the, the scotch. <laughs> Done. Shot it. And oh, we this all, is great. We all looked at him. <laughs> like... What was did I you not, just do? Was I not supposed to shoot it? <laughs> it's well. The first clue was it was in a glass this big. It's not a shot glass. So. We. God I mean, literally, God he's, young. He's, he's young. young. Everybody. He's young. I mean, literally, there's like a there's a circle of ten guys just swirling, the, and we we're all looking at him like. <laughs> what? But to go to my point, you spend fifty dollars. Let's go one finger of blue label. Which will last you twenty minutes. Somebody twenty minutes won't last me twenty minutes. Yeah, you're going to pay twenty five bucks for that. The price of this cigar. I mention that because this cigar has it has associated itself with a fine speed. This is the Pappy Van Winkle yeah. tradition cigar. To charge twenty four dollars for something that's going to give you an hour of what you've described as one of the best cigars you've had in quite some time. Yeah, I have a hard time arguing against that. Yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, you know, call it like it is. We did the Drew Estate All Out Kings on our 50th episode. It was a $15 cigar, and we could not rack our brains around dropping $15 for that cigar. Yeah, this, I can make sense of it. I can. Uh, it, it can work for me. Well, and you know, like. I could say like I might be a little hesitant to go twenty five dollars on a cigar, but not on after a, not having on a it, Tuesday night, no, 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 no. But Saturday night. But what I'm saying is your favorite place, a you, birthday cigar, what I'm an saying anniversary is like you spend twenty five dollars on a cigar. cigar you, 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 uh, I wouldn't be disappointed. You this thing has been incredibly flavorful. An hour of your life that you won't exchange for anything because if you have a good drink, 
you know you're going to have an hour long and great you're going to get a great well, and not only cigar. that but I mean, I mean you, you're you can't say you're going to be disappointed. It's not like you paid a lot of money for a cigar that you're like, well, this might be rolled cardboard for all I know because I'm not getting anything. Yeah. And I'm sitting here now going, you know what? At least if it's flavorful, at least if it's good, I won't, you know, maybe I'm not I'm hesitant to spend that kind of money, but I won't be upset that I spent it well, if I got a good if cigar. If I'm in the mood to spend some money and I'm going to buy some good scotch or if they have a, a Brixton mash on, on, on the shelf and I know I'm going to sit out there for an hour yeah, and I'm going to spend a decent amount on a really good spirit, and I want to pair it with something I know not only will just not coast along and, and pair fine, and eh, but it will be a cigar that in the next day I'll be thinking about, like, God damn, that was a good cigar. Yeah. I would go to this again. And not only that, this is this is a cigar I want to gift. Uh, it's, it's a cigar that I want to give other cigar smokers that know their stuff. That's a key. Uh, that, I, I think that's a very good point. When you can buy a cigar for somebody, you know, like, a lot of people, when they give, give cigars to non-cigar smokers, they tend to go cheap. Well, this guy doesn't know any, uh, a $2 cigar from a $10 cigar. My thought process is always, well, if you give them a phenomenal cigar, it could change their life. It could become, make them into a cigar smoker. Yeah, yeah. It could be like, holy shit, I never knew this. This is what you guys talk about every week? This is why you guys spend so much time talking about cigars? This is what it can be? This? Why not give them this as opposed to, you know, us level down? Yeah. If you care about Like, Tut will give his other friends this. <laughs> no, I will not. No. <laughs> you're, not you're not bringing these to the fishing trip? No. There's all I will give one of them this because he smokes cigars. The other guys, I've given cigars and it's just kind of like Paul shooting it. And no, it's, like, the, it's the worst thing in the world when you give somebody a great cigar and they're just like, and they stub it out halfway through. It's <laughs> terrible. It's, it's a heartbreaking moment. Uh, I loved it. Uh, and you know what? As a special treat and its connection to the Pappy world and the bourbon world, like, man. You walk in like when Tup, when you're traveling on business, if you've got two hours to spare on the client's dime, you're out, in a, you're out of town, you're in a cigar bar, and you get a nice bourbon, there's a good ball game on. It won't even be on the client's dime. Well, not, I, I'll do it. Trust me, I've plunked down After 30 a hard I've, day, you're out of town. Because everybody, know. everybody knows if you go into a cigar lounge, well, depending on the cigar lounge you go into, if you go into like the higher ones, you're going to pay almost double what the MSR is, which is outlandish to begin with. I mean, I've definitely plunked, plunked down $36 for a League of Nine at Molly's uh, uh, in Washington. Ouch. I'll plunk down that money for this because I'm in a special place. I'm in a, I'm, I love that I love that lounge. I, I'm I really, ex- I'm really excited to uh, tackle the next, the second cigar, and and see you know what what we get out of it. Oh, it's total shit. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> um, but yeah, thumbs up. Uh, it it fills a nice void in the D catalog. And I love the fact that we have two cigars to compare consistency with. We don't get that a lot. No. Um, so. It helps us as cigar internet experts to do our jobs. Absolutely. I didn't mean, I, I didn't mean to do that, but it worked. That's going to be my new catchphrase. I like it. Should we get back to the movie? Why yes. not? It's a are fun you, are ride. Are you guys... Uh, do you, 
Are you going to shift to beers at some point? I'm shifting to beers after this. Yeah, I'm going to yeah. finish this off. I mean, we've only okay. got just a tiny bit left. We've actually drained... Uh, there's just a small sampling of this left. I'm going to go ahead and call it a day on the... on the. Well, you know what? I'll pour a little bit more. Uh, well, I'm just really kind of interested about this persimmon beer. We need we need to give it its just desserts. Um, but you know what? I'm going to put this up here because it's beautiful. It's a beautiful bottle. Did what's-his-name do the bottle design? The one that does like all their DE no, stuff? No, no. This is really? not Joey. This is an actual artist. Uh, you know, JD's a big art uh, connoisseur. Uh, he's got a, a huge yeah. art collection. Uh, he actually commissioned this. Uh, I wish I had the artist's name. I don't. Uh, it's easily foundable. But the artwork is top-notch. And It's a beautiful, beautiful uh, label. Yak Boy, you picked this up from Specs here in Texas. Correct. Did they have all the John Drew brands together? They did not. So you was this in the rum or the bourbon? Huh? This was in the, actually in the rum. They had the uh, the John Drew rye in the whiskey. Gotcha. They had the dovetail rum and this in the rum aisle. Now that I've had this, I'm going to enjoy fucking with employees of liquor stores going... Describe you know this for, for me. You know it's 45% rum, and it's in your rum department. It should uh, be in the bourbon. I'm just going to enjoy it. has got it. more bourbon in it. But I was like, What's you know, the story behind this? Why don't you uh, tell me about I'm the, sure they probably hate it because they're like, where do we... We don't have an aisle for this. We're going to put it on the end um, between the two. I will say this. Before we move on to the beer, uh, I'm a fan, man. I, I, I'll, I'll drink this. Okay. I, I definitely say chilled is the way to go. Yes, absolutely. Uh, no ice, no neat. I like it chilled. I really like it chilled. You still get all the flavor. Um, God, it's good. It's refreshing. You get the bourbon. You get the rye. JD? I just still, I like it, but it's just kind of hard to classify it. Like. But you know what? I mean, that's been JD's MO since... But the see, that's, that's the thing is that I've stopped trying to classify it. I've, tro- I've stopped trying to figure out bourbon, rum, rum, bourbon... Uh, Finkel Einhorn. I, I just, <laughs> I'm enjoying it, and I, I, I like the taste of it. It's got a nice smoky feel to it, like on the aftertaste. Uh, yeah. It's it's not it's not rum in terms of like hitting you with like a Captain Morgan spice. But you know what? Uh, I mean, to 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 put it in kind of context with what JD's done before, the coffee infused cigars. You know you. I'm not an infused guy, but I I can smoke a Java mint cigar mm-hmm. like he does, or a, a tobacco coffee infused cigar, and you know there are hints of coffee in those, but you still get the tobacco. Right. To to you know the guy has a history of mashing, disruption, mashing different entities together. I call it disruption. It's a disruption. Yeah. And uh, I think. That term is especially apt for what JD did to the cigar. He disrupted the cigar world. Yeah. Um, and I'm glad we liked it. Yeah. <laughs> it's been a long time coming. <laughs> I'm glad we didn't. Because uh, I'd be honest with you, if I didn't like it, I'd tell you. Yeah. yeah. Uh, it, it's it's really really good. I'll be buying it again. And I and you know what? Uh, this leads me to think maybe we could do a dovetail uh, rum episode. Maybe we could do a John, be, yeah. a John Drew rye. Episode. I would be interested. Uh, I'm especially interested in the rye. Um, yeah, rye is an interesting. Yeah, I'm not character. a big rye fan, yeah. so I'd be curious to to try that. Um, but if you watch our interview with JD on our YouTube channel, he talks about where he went to get inspiration for the rye and the the, the different whiskey distillers he talked to, 
check that interview out. It'll, it's kind of a, an eye-opener. Um, yeah, cigar, booze, thumbs up. Uh, we'll switch to beer next, and let me know when you guys are ready. Okay. Uh, but just hit me right now. Back to the movie. <laughs> uh, if you're ready, then let me get you a beer. Tell you want one? Yeah, might as well. Well, as long as we're pouring beers. I actually poured this during earlier in our movie. I'll just go ahead and... <laughs> It's like the cooking shows where they pull the, they pull the, they pull the, the thing out of the out. oven. I already have a pint here. Uh, how, how convenient. Um, we cut to Steve borrowing money from Yuri, the loan shark. Oh, my goodness. Uh, now, this is a character. This is a character. Uh, boy, Yuri, you know him from the... He's in the uh, the Borat movies. Yes. Uh, that guy, the, the fat... Uh, and oh, this guy man. is wearing. He's supposed to. I, I don't know how it's to. It's like just, a diaper. It's, it's a it's diaper. Like a it's supposed to, it's supposed to be a, his skinny. But I was like, this guy is just wearing a gold diaper. I on actually the beach. misspoke earlier. I said Nola was the only breasts we see in this movie. <laughs> <laughs> you do see Yuri's breasts, uh, and yeah. they are pendulous. They are pendulous. Oh, oh Lord, Jack, where are they pendulous? They are indeed. Oh, well he. The thing about Yuri the Lone Shark, uh, he's kind of this uh, Middle Eastern. He's walking around the beach with a, a, a metal detector. He's, a, he's in a, a very eclectic character. Uh, he's the unique loan shark where he loans you money. But for a day. You have one day to pay it back. Not a week. One, one day. day. Uh, and everybody keeps questioning you. Why do you do that? <laughs> so... Gets results, I guess. <laughs> so so Steve's borrowing money from Yuri. He's also getting pressured big time by Lou the Jew to stop these pornographic uh, cartoons <laughs> getting painted on the buildings. Meanwhile, John is taking... By the taking, way, Adam does a good job in that role. He does. He, he's very good as Lou the Jew. Uh, meanwhile, young John is taking pictures of the graffiti, uh, particularly Skeletor uh, blowing... I'm going to... Lou the Jew blowing Skeletor. He's taking pictures of it. And going around to local art galleries, he scored. He didn't get any headway in with the graffiti artists. He's taking around to art Trying galleries. Trying to find the artist's seeing style. Seeing if any of the curators recognize the style. Uh, you know, the subtle shading around the balls, the detailed veins. Uh, when Steve takes the $4,000 he borrows from Yuri to Spider, he's told that uh, you're out of luck. Uh, Spider tells him his girlfriend, Lupe, took Buddy the dog. And a briefcase full of cocaine and split. She took my cocaine, Holmes. And the dog. And the dog. But if Steve can find her, Spider's willing to pay him three times that money to return the cocaine. Well, see, that's one thing that I like I like about Steve is that he negotiates on everything. He haggles with everything. It's like, wait a minute, what's the street value of that coke? What? Well, you got to wonder how he's paying rent. $34 how million? Like, he, he doesn't really do a lot. He's yeah. got to make some deals. Uh... Well, you find out that Steve doesn't have a lot of money because when he's in the convenience store, guy wants $200 to see the tape. He's got $84 in his account. <laughs> Did y'all notice when Steve calls John to tell him to go undercover at the Cowboy Bar, it's totally some other dude's voice, not Bruce Willis's on the phone? I didn't I didn't get that. Young John gets a call from Steve. you got to go undercover. Yeah, I remember the scene. It's not Bruce Willis's voice on that phone. Oh, really? And I'm going to mention that later. Uh, you know what? Actually, I'll mention it now. It's like they needed a few hours of sound booth time with Bruce, but couldn't afford it. Maybe if you didn't hire David Arquette and Funke <laughs> Jensen, you could. So they just got some random dude 
to do the Bruce Willis voiceovers. <laughs> and, and to make matters worse, they actually use it during scenes. There's some scenes where it's Bruce Willis and they cut and they to the g- camera over his shoulder and it's another dude's <laughs> voice talking. I never, I never caught you that. You never caught that? Uh-uh. No. Oh, Yak Boy, you usually catch that stuff for me. It's inexcusable. Come on, man. It's horrible. It's another dude talking in a lot of scenes from Bruce Willis. It's like Lawn or uh, Pool Boy. Every scene on the phone where John is talking to Steve, it's not Bruce Willis's voice. Uh, but ultimately, I suppose it doesn't matter because, as we'll see, once John walks into the Tejano bar wearing a little cowboy outfit, this movie never takes itself seriously. <laughs> and I think it's completely to its benefit. Oh, yeah. Oh, definitely. Uh, even when Steve is fired up about his missing dog, it's not done darkly or ratchet up to like John Wick levels of intensity. It just kind of does everything with a smirk on its face, and that's kind of refreshing in a way. This movie never goes heavy. It it's never a, goes serious. It's just... It's a fun movie. It's just, it's a, it never it's, goes there. They're not trying to I kept to be, waiting for it to go there. Like, when they got his dog, like, is this going to go into like a... a no, they just keep it light. Well, it's like if you're if you're like, all right, well, we want to do a fun project, a fun movie. We the, the here's the rule of the project: keep it fun. All right, so we're not doing action, we're doing slapstick, right? No, we're not doing slapstick. We're keeping it fun. All right, so we're doing like comedy action. Well, you we're know, keeping it fun. I kind of it wa- doesn't matter the genre. We're not going to put a label on it except for fun. And but that's they, what they, they do tried in the to make it a movie. They kind of tried to make it a sort of a John Wick type thing in the trailer. Yeah, I watched that, and they, you see these things. Well, yeah, where he's like talking about his right dog, and then you see like the scene where he's like flips over this table, and it's all guns, and he's like, "I'm going to get you know." It's just like the dog. It's not all the, this movie. What's no. funny is I, I guess because I, I haven't seen John Wick, I I didn't have that comparison to make. I just thought that this was going to be funny. I was like, it's got Goodman in it, and he's cracking jokes. It's got MoMA in it, and he's right. cracking jokes. This this looks fun. Yeah. And it was. They never went there. The The trailer was extremely deceiving. Yeah. Um, Bad marketing? Well, good marketing, maybe, but deceiving marketing. Uh, so John finds out that Lupe, the girlfriend, is hiding out some seedy hotel. So he sends Steve over there to stake it out while John stakes out the mysterious graffiti artist at the apartment complex. Named he finds out his name from an art dealer, Salvatore Lopez. Who it turns out is a local legend. He's like the Banksy of the Banksy, yeah. According to Nola, remember Nola, the naked Samoan chick? She shows up out of nowhere. He runs into her and she convinces him, "Hey, can I tag along?" Well, she loves. She loves. uh, uh, She loves uh, Salvatore. Salvatore, can I hang out with you on the stakeout? That'd be fun. He's a dork. Yes. All right. (laughs) Sure. I'm sorry, hot chick wanting to hang out with me. Okay. Okay. Uh, He can't believe that she's heard of Salvatore Lopez. He can't believe she's wanting to hang out with him. Uh, but she knows everything about Salvatore, including his masterful scrotal shadowing <laughs> and the way he draws penis veins that follow your eyes around. Uh, yeah, boy, I, I thought you drew some very tasteful nudes of me years ago. Uh, you would probably be mistaken. You captured some of those same elements. I, I don't think I did. Ever. You did. It was a gift for my wife. Can you guess what Yak Boy's medium of choice is, art-wise? Mm. I know he. I know he loves watercolor, but on this, 
on charcoal. Charcoal pencil, baby. That's his favorite medium. I'm fairly decent. You guys are like Goodman and Willis. <laughs> you know each other. Uh, they were great. Your scrotal shadowing left some things to be desired. I don't remember did uh, that. <laughs> well, so Nola and John start making out in the car just as Salvatore skateboards up to loot the Jews' apartment building to do his thing again. Once again, he's going to get away with it. Uh, John's making out with Nola. Damn it. Uh, back at the seedy motel, Steve breaks into Lupe's room and finds Buddy the dog. But he's quickly caught by a black prostitute with an iron jaw. He punches her like three times. She doesn't even feel it. It's a man, baby. It's a man, baby. Uh, who tie- she, He, she, quickly ties him to a chair and puts a wig and makeup on him. Turns out she's a wannabe makeup artist. So she puts Willis in this wig and some makeup. All right. There wasn't a lot of just laugh out loud belly rolls here but when the camera cuts to Willis in the wig and the lipstick and the makeup I'm sorry even after all the crappy moves that Willis has made in the last 10 years I still think of him as die hard and all these tough action films he's done a lot of this goofy stuff in his career though he he has but it was nice for me to see him go back to it oh my god I I belly laughed dude I did too Uh, then as she prepares to shave his balls he breaks free from his his chair second time in the movie he's been tied up to a chair and goes iron fist he breaks free escapes Literally. He, grabs, Literally. he grabs an iron, <laughs> literally, like a clothes iron, and knocks her over the head. Uh, then we see him running around the motel in a mini dress and heels while very Pulp Fiction style surf rock music starts yeah. playing. And this is a. Bing, bing, it's, bing, dude, it's totally bananas. I, just, I had a thought here as he's running around this hotel in the mini dress and the wig and the makeup. Bear with me. If they had just injected 25 to 30 more titty shots in this movie, whether it be these prostitutes or whether it be chicks suntanning down on the beach in Venice, if they did more cutaways to girls in their swimsuits and all that, this would totally be a USA Up All Night movie. It would. Well, Absolutely. Think, think about it. Think about it. Real if quick. you inject 25 boob shots into anything, it's no, going to be a USA Up All think Night about movie. It. It's a crazy plot. It's all over the place with a ton of different characters. Over-the-top stereotypical characters, the gangster Mexicans, the... I almost think it's like the Lockstock and Three Smoking Barrels genre, though. There's an overall sense of fun with no real consequences to anything going on. Uh, It's a missed opportunity. No, I'm telling you, this could have been a modern-day titty flick. It could have been, but the fact that they didn't, They should have saved some of the money they spent on Tiga the Rapper and got some strippers... Rename the fucking thing to Venice Nights or Venice Beach Patrol. No, no, no. You can't bring... Well, first of all, we haven't got to Tiga the Rapper yet. So you can't... You, but you this can't, could have been no. a fucking no. 80s throwback movie. I don't it, want it to be an 80s so throwback movie. It could have been that. I don't want it to be a throwback movie. Am I right? Yeah, boy, I'm right. He, they could have just... Re- the they movie's just, so ridiculous. They could have just done random shots... Of, of chicks on the beach like sitting up with their and bikinis they falling off it wouldn't I can't, even matter I can't believe I'm saying this but no it could be yes it could be but this I'm, would have been our new bikini beach patrol no and it shouldn't it's got fucking John Goodman in it I understand it's that. got fucking Bruce Willis it would have been bikini beach patrol with these great actors in no. it no it would have been awesome no 
you would you would cheapen my I gotta, movie I agree with Kate. And it's not one. even that they, they even have to show <laughs> these actors in those scenes with women oh. or any of that stuff. They could have just done random shots of it throughout the movie and. Bruce Willis is skateboarding down. You show some chicks sit up with their sit up with their boobs down. out. Yeah, that's it. You could have done it. That's I'm what it would have been. This I'm could have been the USA Up All Night movie we've been waiting for for years with Bruce Willis and John Goodman. In. <laughs> I think we should go with Venice Nights. Venice Nights, you like that? I like that one. Yeah. <laughs> I thought Venice Beach Patrol was kind of cool, but Venice Nights, K N I G H T. Yeah, Venice Nights. Maybe we should make Venice Nights. <laughs> Maybe Bruce Willis liked making this movie so much, he would do Venice Nights for us. Uh, apparently, he's not that picky. He will do Bruce and Venice Nights for you. Dog will hunt. Dog will hunt. <sighs> so, while John and Nola were making out, another apartment has been graffitied. This time, it's a giant depiction of a masked Mexican wrestler squatting... A luchador. A, a, a luchador. Luchador. luchador squatting over Lou the Jew's face, teabagging him with his nutsack. Uh, <laughs> Steve, Steve can't believe John let this happen. You know, he trusted him. Take care of this for me. But he's got more pressing matters to attend to as he borrows $5,000 from his old buddy Dave, John Goodman. Remember him? He... He disappeared for like 30 minutes in the movie. Because <laughs> uh, he has to pay back Yuri, the uh, loan shark. Well, Goodman now is in bad shape. Uh, he's living at Steve's apartment, eating ice cream on the <laughs> couch. not giving But what is he watching? Zombievers, baby. Oh, my God. He is watching Zombievers. I saw the Zombievers reference and I was I like... I was like, I cannot believe that. <laughs> I cannot. <laughs> and what is sad is like it literally took all of like point five seconds. Zombievers. I immediately oh. went to IMDb to see if the, the the young girl who played Goodman's ex-wife was the blonde chick in Zombievers. In Zombievers. Like maybe he watched. Like, well, she's yeah. an actress and he watches it over and over. It's like again. what is the connection? Nothing. I couldn't find anything. The producers didn't produce Zombievers. Like why Zombievers? I gotta know. And after I saw that, I was a, I mean, I was a little like, I was about like ninety percent. I will, I, I will say this. Checked out on this, like this movie's not going any. Boom, Zombievers, I'm in. What's I will say on? this. I gave Zombievers a tremendous amount of shit when we did the our, our, our list, listeners. Episode. By the way, uh, we do a whole show on Zombievers. Google it. Uh, Google it. I have way more respect for Zombievers now. They are part of the cultural zeitgeist now. I, it's in there. I can't believe it, but yes, they Actually, are. Actually, it's one of my favorite episodes we've ever done. Go, go, go uh, watch our our Zombievers uh, <laughs> episode. But yes, I'm glad we all recognized it. Uh, <laughs> hey, like, like Cody said, in 0.5 hey, seconds. So much for this killing memory and brain cells. We all got it. Me like Zombievers. Well, we are pretty much superhuman at this point. Real quick, uh, we'll stop there at Zombievers. We have introduced the beer of the night halfway through the show here. Um, Barrows Farm to Market. Persimmon Saison. Thoughts? Jack Boy, you first. Well, <laughs> I can definitely taste that, what I'd, I'd classify as the normal, the Saison type flavor but that persimmon and they were right you're going to pick up that real sweetness on the back side so that was the first thing that got me like 
Yeah, no, that's absolutely right. There is just, on the on the back side, and I'm always amazed at how specific brewers can get their intent to where you taste it on the backside, not on the front. And I'm like, it's it's the same. I mean, it's all mixed together. It's amazing how that happens to where you don't get it on the front, but then all of a sudden on that backside, boom, there it is. I had a coffee stout one time to where they were like, you're not going to taste coffee until the very, until after you've actually swallowed this. And I'll be damned if it wasn't until after I swallowed it, that coffee note hit. I'm amazed at how their intent can actually be applicated into the beers. Do we know what, is this an unfiltered Saison or it's a very cloudy? Oh, yeah. to me it's not well, no, that no, cloudy. The, the pour, the pour is extremely murky. Oh, I'm going to say it, most most of the farmhouse sales are unfiltered, but I'm not going to say that they are. They have sediment in them. This is filtered. This is a little bit, but I'll just, say, I'll just say this. Well, the, I'm, I'll put it to you this way. I mean, this thing there's is, no sediment in this, so it has, the pour is a beautiful pour on this thing. The particulate matter has been filtered out. Yeah, that yeah. Okay, but it, I mean, it's so it is. It has been filtered, but I mean, it is still. Relatively cloudy. We've done we've done several fruit, uh, flower, heavy beers here. The hibiscus, uh, the uh, blood work. But even if you orange. go into the triples, you know, the, like the Don de Dews, they have that heavy the Megadeth, pour. It. The Megadeth yeah. beer. All, all the, the heavy all floral the, scent. All of that breweries uh, are, are are so loaded with. Um, this is not overpowering. At all from a Tut, does it remind you of the persimmons you picked as a young boy with your no, grandpa? No, it doesn't. They would pucker your face up, and this does not. It's got a hint of it. it it's not. All right, I, I'll, I'll be totally honest. When I first read the can and I saw that persimmons there, I was like, screw this. This is not. Uh uh-uh. uh. Not in my not in my beer. No, you really can't taste it that much. It's just a nice sweetness on that back end. That's not. It's it's a auxiliary note, if you will. It's not a foundation note. It's it's very uh, taste wise. It's very thick. Mm-hmm. It's a heavy beer. It is. Uh, but at the same time, I could see me. Well, I'm not going to say I'm going to drink this in August. Uh, no. It's it's not that heavy of a beer though. To me, it's it, it's a weighty. It, it has a saisons tend to be. Well, I mean, you get that yeasty, so they tend to be. They tend to be what you're talking about, that heaviness. But does this have a lager presence to you? Eh. Well, actually, it's not so much a lager presence. the The farmhouse ales were originally derived from uh, pilsners, so you're probably tasting more like the pilsner type of uh, uh, malts and things like that. I, I'm just getting... But it's got a little bit maltier of a malt, presence I'm of get, it. I'm getting yeah. kind of a malty lager kind of taste. Once that fruitiness on the on the front end yeah. subsides... Yeah. I mean, back end. Are you, getting a, are you getting the fruitiness on the front? I'm getting it on the back. I'm getting it on the back. I mean, are you... I mean, I'm not, I'm not saying that it's not sweet... I get a sweetness on the no, front, I'm but I really taste the I, I taste that fruit. I taste I'm on the back side. I'm getting the fruit on the front. Okay. Um, well, then your tongue is backwards. <laughs> well, who do I talk to about that? The tongue experts. 
Do you know what my copay is? Do you know what I have to... Talk to the doctor about it. Where's the doctor? He's nowhere to be seen. <laughs> um, it's interesting. It's, it, it's tasty. It is very tasty. I'm enjoying it. I didn't expect it to be this malty. Do you agree it has a maltiness? No, no, it does. Yeah, but I mean that's that's typical of a of a farmhouse though. But it, it's like we said, it, it's remember the uh, uh, the Oklahoma farmhouse that we did. Uh, oh, it was a uh, yes, yes, so many episodes ago. I can't remember the brewery's name. Why can't I remember things? Oh, the prairie. Prairie, mm. Prairie Farmhouse. Yes. Uh, it, it still had that maltiness on it. Uh, I mean, that's just a signature of your farm house. I I just was amazed at the pour on this thing, how cloudy it was. I mean, that's why I said unfiltered. It's a it was an extremely cloudy beer, and even then, holding up. I mean, it is a dense beer. Yeah, very extremely dense beer. Uh, but it is tasty, and it's not taking anything away. Uh, I should mention you you boys are about to light up your second yes Pappy cigar. So we're gonna see how that pairs for you guys with. I want to check the consistency the of it. I want to get all down into the. Uh, I will leaves. do that later on uh, this evening. Uh, we got to get some pictures taken. But uh, your fears going in when you saw persimmon unwarranted. It, yeah, it, yeah, it, yeah, it's not overpowered. Yeah, it's here. not. You know, it's. It's definitely not a flavored beer. Uh, you know, you can you can tell the gimmick beers when you know, pumpkin spice beer. Oh, I'm staying away from yeah, you. Yeah, but you know what I what I kind of like about Barrow and what they're doing is the ones they're choosing to they're choosing some to bot to can. Yeah, that are kind of ballsy. That are kind of out of left field. The the persimmon and you know. Yeah, but uh, it's not that unique coming from Austin like I am uh, you get all your hibiscus, your pumpkins, your punch, bananas. Punch, punch him in the face well, I've got to do what I'm told <laughs> punch him or I'll release those char- you, keep char- grip! I'll release those charcoal drawings you did in my nutsack <laughs> punch, it, punch him right in the face um, uh, let's get back to the beer Okay. And, and I will keep tabs on you guys with the follow up cigars for sure uh. I'm, I'm kind of hesitant to light it because I don't want it to be over. Uh, no, you got plenty of time. Light it up. No, because as soon as I light it, then eventually it's going to be over. You might have another one in your future. You only live once, brother. You only live once. It's nice. It's and nice. when you remember the Two Cent Cigar Club, you might only live for a very limited amount. <laughs> uh, we, we tend to push ourselves. Like my doctor says, it's only a matter of time. What's he know? Oh, wait. He knows quite a bit. <laughs> well, no, I'm talking about the doctor I went to from the second opinion that I got from our doctor. <laughs> I just wanted to make sure. Have our I, doctor told me it was have fine. I not sh- have I should not have been taking all my advice from our doctor? I'm just saying that he told me my condition was fine. Uh, my other doctor was like, well. So, getting back to the movie. Light up, boys. Light up. Uh, when Steve finds Salvatore Lopez, played by briefly by Tiga the rapper. Tiga? Who's Tiga the rapper? 
He was, uh, or was date? I don't know anything. No, you know, and you're not even ashamed to say it. No, no, I'm not you ashamed to say, say it. Is he you know, ass and titties? No, no, I can't think of the name. What is the name of the girl? You were going to say it, and you're like, they're going to judge me. I shouldn't. No, it's not that. I can't. He is known for dating one of the Kardashians. That's what it is, Kardashian. Not, no, the, not the, not a Kardashian. I'm totally judging you. A Jenner. Jenner, Kylie Jenner. I'm totally judging you. And you said I pay, that. I, 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 I pay Oh, you attention. know what? I don't know who he is. Well, at uh, least I'm not like over here drinking all these fruity beers in Austin. Oh. Oh, you had to go there? Oh. At least I'm not listening to Kardashian Jenners. It's all on the news feed. You know what? Doctor's my favorite of all you now. I'm working on getting a Bruce Jenner cigar on the show. You think it's one thing, and you start to smoke it, it just evaporates. <laughs> Is that wrong? Can I not say that? Much like the uh, <laughs> transgendered people in the escape from the transgendered scene, I wish that they would have actually spent some money on some actual transgender actors. How cool would have been to have Bruce Jenner show up in those trans, those trans hookers? I'm hey, surprised. Baby. At this point, I'm surprised he didn't. Right? That <laughs> she. She didn't. Sorry. He's a she now. You're an asshole for not recognizing him. I am. Sure she is. Well, he says she is. So Steve finds Salvatore Lopez, played by briefly by the rapper Tiga, who, yes, dated one of the Bruce Jenner offspring. What what has Tiga done? What songs do I know? I don't I, know. I don't know. I, I don't exactly. Know. I don't know. Exactly. He's a rapper, though. Sure. He's, she calls himself got that. tattoos on his neck. He's, he he's done things. He's got... Back when Bruce Jenner could create kids, he... Created two daughters who she 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 created daughters who dated one of these guys. Can I say that? I yes. just don't know who Tiga is. And what he's a rapper that the kids know. Ah, uh, damn it! He's he's on songs. screen for like two minutes. Nobody knows. Anyway, uh, he learns that Salvatore was hired to do the spray painting by a crooked real estate developer. Who wanted the Chinese who wanted to buy the apartment buildings to drop their offer on the apartment so he could buy them up at uh, all the... Oh, I'm, I'm sorry. I have to interrupt. He has done notable songs as Ayo. Never heard of it. Rack City. Never yeah. heard of it. Oh, Hookah. Yeah, that's a good one. Hookah. Hookah I, or Hooker? Uh, H-O-O-K-A-H. I'm assuming That's he's doing. I'm assuming he's doing like hooker, you know, cool and hip style. No, it's hookah. Hookah. Man, I don't know this dude. Again, you're just move to L.A. Official video. You're showing our age. You're you're, you're making not him look bad, us look yes. bad. <laughs> That's true. Take away his phone. <laughs> Get his phone. Yeah, no. Take take his phone. No. No. I gotta watch the Cubs. It turns out it's over. It's over. Turns out that this crooked real estate developer has been hiring Salvatore Lopez to do these pornographic artist things. Oh, has Willis already caught up with him yet? Not yet. 
I'm, I'm, what, then why, how do we know that the crooked real estate guys did? Because. I'm getting there. Be- well, because. I'm lost. Because his assistant, John, has found out this information because he's gone. I'm telling you, the minute they find out that they hired the, the graffiti artist to do these paintings to lower the property values of the Chinese guys with Bill that's pure USA up all night, baby. It is. It is pure. USA up all night. And in this next scene, it is only proven that it is so USA. So Steve, Bruce Willis, grabs Dave off the couch, and they go down to the real estate office to settle things. They demand that Shooter McGavin... Shooter McGavin, man! Uh, Christopher McDonald! Christopher oh. McDonald, who, by the way, last week got arrested big time. DWI. Okay, well, at least it's DWI. Three times the limit. Oh, wow. Not TNCC style, but close. Close. Wow. I was afraid that that you were saying that he would, like, grope somebody. No, no, no. I'm sure he was so drunk he got pulled over and groped someone. It's Shooter McGavin, man. They demand that Shooter McGavin, who put Tiga Tiga up up to to this... Not only make an insane offer of $22 million to buy Lou the Jews' buildings for what you did, but you also have to throw in a free beachfront condo for Dave. John One Goodman. bedroom. One bedroom and a den. A breach and a den. He's he, he does specify a den. One bedroom and a den. Or else they'll go to the police with Salvatore's signed confession. Okay. Which he agrees to. I'm sorry, dude. This is USA Up All Night. Totally. All you need is 30 more tickets. And I love how the fact that uh, Dan or John Goodman's like, he's getting all into this now. He's starting to wake up a little bit. What does he tell Willis? I got nothing to lose. Nothing. His wife's taking everything everything from him. There's nothing more dangerous in this world than a man with nothing to lose. All right, yeah. Nothing. But there's still the situation of Buddy the missing dog. So Steve and Dave go back to the detective agency where Steve flips over his desk to reveal a giant arsenal of weapons. And this is what you see in the trailer that everybody's like John Wick. Machine guns, ninja stars, brass knuckles, they're going to war. But again, it's misleading. That's not this movie. But that that's what happens in the scene. Mac 10 with suppressor. The Mac 10 with suppressor. Iconic 80s. I love that. They steal what's left of the cocaine from Lupe, go to the birdcage bar to find the crime lord Prince, who supposedly has the rest of the blow. And Prince is, I can't remember the actor's name, but he's been in quite a few things. He's been around. We learn from John's voiceover, he's into drugs, prostitution, drug dealing. My favorite of his... As if we wouldn't know that just from being in that club. Stupid voice My, my, my favorite, he, he was in, he was uh, one of the, the thugs in Dread. Yeah, he was like the second henchman yeah. guy in Dread. Uh, I can't remember if he was in The Wire or not. Uh, I think he was. Yeah, The Wire's the best I, show. I think TV. he was. Well... Uh, he's been he, a lot... He's been in a lot of those things. Uh, I, I really like the guy as an actor. I, I'm I'm ashamed that I can't remember his do name. Guys, do you guys agree The Wire is the best show you're not watching? Uh, nobody's watching it anymore because it's off the air. But it was the best show ever, right? It was good. I, I, I've seen better. 
I have seen better. It's no sports it's night. It's called The Sopranos. It's no sports night, <laughs> but I mean, it was good. squashes the wire. Let's get that out there. But it was no Breaking Bad. I never saw it. I heard it was lame. <laughs> Only the first season. When it comes to crime dramas on TV, there's The Sopranos and then there's nothing. That's your host, Matt Cates. No, you're wrong. You're wrong. Yeah. No, I'm not saying that The Sopranos isn't the epicenter. I you mean, that's put the wire up there. That's the Shakespeare. Yeah. But you put the wire up there. I'm going to say that Breaking Bad up there. Chaucer. I mean, I'm just saying that you know the wire and Breaking Bad can be Chaucer. Eh, Chaucer kind of sucks. No, he's pretty talented. He killed himself. So did half of the artists out there. He knew he was no surprise. Two years later, I won't be surprised if one of these people at the table. Well, where was I? Uh, they steal the cocaine back from the prince. Cocaineum. And arrange to meet Spider at his place that night to make an exchange. But they'll need some extra muscle, so it's a good thing that John suddenly shows up. Remember young John? Yo, John. Shows up with Nola's two giant Samoan brothers. <laughs> now that Nola and John are officially dating, that happened somehow. Yeah, yeah. Uh, they've come to apologize for chasing Steve naked. Well, John, John told them that they need to apologize. Dude, they apologize. They chased Bruce Willis naked throughout all of Venice on a skateboard. They want to apologize for it. And they, you know what? We owe you one. And he's quick to collect. What are you doing right now? What are you doing right now? <laughs> Uh, not to nitpick, but the whole time that John, the nerd, is describing his relationship with Nola, John Goodman's Dave is cracking up at it all. He's over there on the couch, like, laughing his ass off. That makes zero sense. Because, one, we've never seen him meet John. Yeah. And two, he's surely never met Nola. Correct. Goodman? Okay, fine. Yeah. This film doesn't take itself seriously and all that, but you still need to keep some kind of internal logic. Yeah. He's over there giggling as hell about Nola dating him. He's never met any of his characters. It makes no sense story-wise. Yeah. It's bullshit. Yeah, I'm not worried about it. Well, I mean, it. I could assume that... You're not worried about it because it's a nothing movie. I can assume but that... still, it's a, as a filmmaker, you got to be like, we're going to have John Goodman giggle at all this stuff of stuff he would never fucking know about. Well, I would assume that John and Dave have met. Eventually, yeah. Well, Well, they may maybe in the past, but he didn't know about Nola's... Well, that's what I'm saying. It would have been... It would have been... He didn't know about... It made no sense. I mean, it could have easily been solved with, like, literally John walking in the room. Hey, Dave. Hey. (laughs) They show Willis so uncomfortable with the new relationship, but there's no way... John Goodman would have a gauge on that. I was like, man, you messed up. Yeah. Well, after a brief shootout at Spider's house, uh, where my two biggest highlights were a security dog, a German Shepherd attacks them, and John Goodman bites the bites dog. Them. He literally, I mean... <laughs> he just grabs the dog and bites his neck. And then I mean he literally and, and they both and and, and then Willis's like, character stands up and he's like that he's like that was crazy. 
I was like, this is all of a sudden, like, right at the dog bite, I'm like, this has just become Hudson Hawk. It, and a second later, when all the shooting is done and everything's settled, he busts in guns blazing. When everything is fine between Spider, Spider and, and, and Steve... Take this, you motherfuckers! I kind of liked it. I, oh, dude, I liked that it. was funny. I'm sorry. That, that's my highlight of the scene, dude. You're so <laughs> eat lead, you motherfuckers! <laughs> and dude, Spider kind of puts his hands like, "What the hell?" And and Bruce Willis like, "Dude, we're we're done here." It's it's cool, it's, man. Like, and they take care. And it, what I really like is like Goodman's character. I I'm so sorry. I'm so I'm sorry. sorry. I'm, no, I'm no, so no, sorry. I think he said something like. <laughs> I'm hyped up beyond all people. Yeah. <laughs> I, I am out of control. I can't. I am out of control. <laughs> That's what he says. I am so out of control. I'm so sorry. <laughs> so all the scores are settled. Everyone's happy. Spider has his cocaine now, and Steve has his buddy the dog back. The next the next day, we see Steve and his sister, uh, Funke Jensen, and niece all moved into his parents' old house. So Lou, Lou the Jew made... He was good on his he offer. Made good on why, his should, offer. why should he not be? He just got more money than he was going to be offered from the Chinese. Correct. Uh, Dave is even managing the grill. He's he's grilling steaks for everybody. Uh, everything is perfect, except John, the dork, the young detective. And his legendary potato salad are missing from the party. We cut to John tied up in a warehouse by the prince. Remember him, the yep. the black uh, slumlord, entrepreneur, entrepreneur drug guy. He's demanding to know where Steve is. When John won't talk, they spare his life and storm off to get revenge on Steve. Well they, well, they they go to his voice recordings that he's been doing, like as yeah. he's doing his voiceovers. He's actually recording all of this. Uh, yeah, he, he, you know, John was With like, I'm not. John's like, I'm not giving up my guys. I'm not going to talk at all. But throughout the movie, he's been making these voice recordings on his phone. They just access it, find his, uh, find his. Uh, oddly, that's where the film ends. They're going to get... Yeah, I, I did not like this Such ending. Such a weird ending. I did not like the ending at all. They should I have mean, ended with Goodman grilling steaks. They're, everybody's they been happy at the, at the house, and that's the end. It's a happy yeah, ending. Yeah, yeah. Uh, they well, had no reason to go to this... Well, they're, they're doing it because they're trying to set up, obviously set up a sequel uh, that we don't know whether they're going to get or not. I, I, I don't like it. I... I <laughs> I don't well, like no, it. Well, it was a clear sequel setup. Yeah. But. But a clear sequel setup to what? Other than Prince wanting, like, payback for having the cocaine, which he did pay. Yeah. He paid no, for a bag of cocaine. It was legitimate. He, they had three bags of cocaine well, first in the of all, briefcase. Trying to, first of all, trying to set up a sequel for this is madness because. Are you going to get MoMA back, who's probably going to come off of uh, Justice League? Aquaman. Are you going to get him back? I mean, are you going to get these actors back? Are you going to be able to keep the flavor? Can you get David Arquette back? Can you get our David Arquette back? Yes. Yes, you can get David Arquette back. That dude's not doing nothing. Uh, I didn't like the ending. I, I, I would have rather it wrapped they up. They ended it perfectly with Willis taking a picture of Goodman and his wife, his sister at the new house at yeah, a barbecue. That should have been the end. I, I agree. This ending made no sense. 
Correct. Very much so. Honestly, maybe the worst ending we've had on the show. Close to it. I mean, an ending, like you said, literally should have been stopped like 60 seconds before because when you add this on, this scene on, it's one of those things where they should have just cut it. Like, Yeah, yeah. It, you reach too far on this. I mean, I like the ambition, but you reach too far. Don't do it. Yeah. Uh, real quick, before we uh, get into our uh, final thoughts, we've all had some beer. I like the beer. I think I think it's very full bodied. It is. Uh, not too fruity. No, it's not. No. It's sweetness on the front end, and you, my God, you see that that depth on the pour but it actually drinks really smooth yeah and it, it's as heavy as it is it's actually a light drink uh it's not it's an easy drink i guess i should say very very how's how's it pairing with the uh second pappies it's not interfering at all oddly enough uh are you guys you get, getting the same thing on your Second pappies, the the spice initially, and no, then it's it is very well. The I mean, the flavors between the beer and the cigar, they're pairing differently. I mean, because this is just a different, it's a different sweetness. Are you guys getting the same thing from your cigars? The yes, initial spice followed no. by total That's, creaminess. It, no, no. The cigar. I am getting the same cream. I'm getting a lot of the bread, but I missed the spice off of the ignition no of the spice. cigar. No I didn't. I didn't really get the uh, spice off the ignition. I'm still getting the same foundational flavors. I'm getting that, you know, bread. creaminess. I'm getting that breadness. Uh, I'm wondering if the spice, because that spice off the initial on the first one wasn't that. I mean, it wasn't like a spice bomb. It wasn't like a total hit. No, what it was. So I'm wondering if the sweetness off of the persimmon beer kind of muted that spice down a little bit. Could and be. Could be. Yeah, it's, it's still a nice pairing. Uh, it's not interfering. Like like I said, the 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 creaminess and the bread flavors of the cigar are very nuanced. To where if you had a heavy flavored beer or a heavy flavored drink, I do think that it would interfere with you picking that up. Uh, but this beer's not interfering with that. Okay. Agreed? Agreed. You got the hiccups. I do. I'm going to try to fight through them. We'll see how it goes. <laughs> if it gets uh, distracting, Someone's I will, had a bit of mash. I will call time out, but I'm, I'm not there yet. Sometimes a movie catches you in the perfect mood uh, to fully embrace it. And that's what happened here. Uh, I didn't even know I wanted this film in my life. I didn't know I needed it. But <laughs> turns out it's just what I needed. I uh, if I watched I agree. if I watched it any other day, especially with a more cynical eye, which I usually have, <laughs> I would have d- dismissed this film entirely. It's an easy film to to but dismiss. Where, but where I was in this moment, it worked for me, and I'm giving it a thumbs up. Oh I'm yeah, I'm giving it a thumbs up. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah, a, a, a non-hesitant thumbs up. A non-hesitant up. thumbs up. This, I, I liked once a 
Hatam in Venice. No, this movie is like so many other things that we've tried to do tonight. It's new. It's a it's a mash of many things mixed Action, into one comedy, but it works. The story, there they, there's some uh, style choices on on the editing here, but other than that, it's I, a fun. Film. It's a fun film. I mean, and for what, we don't get a lot of those. No, no just no. and, and yeah. given how many act like you know what we said. Because the, the the dynamic has changed in the production of TV and film with so many platforms, this one, it's good because it just, like, it, it never, works because they have, it and never, like I said, I, I just want to know, how do they find these actors? But that's <laughs> it, but, but, but it never betrays that fun spirit. Yeah, yeah. It never goes dark. It never takes that turn. Towards something that it's not. It's just a fun movie, and we don't get a lot of those. So I, I'm really glad we we chose it. It's so different than what we've done. Yeah, it's it's one of those things to where it would be easy to dismiss. I'm sorry, we know Bruce Willis's track record over the last decade. It's not pretty. This was, no, it's not pretty. This is one of those ones to where we could we could have easily been like, no, it's it was it was it was so fun. It was it, an entertaining deal. The minute the initial awkwardness and disappointment, like oh, it's another Bruce Willis walking us through his thing. The minute it turned towards we were laughing, it's like the directors sensed it. And ran with it. Yeah. And it never let off that that note. And I agree. I I, I like the fact that it never went dark. I, I th- and that's that's the cool, kind of like kind of like the that's cigar. the cool thing that we do. It that, found a note that we love that cream and it rocked it. It yeah. gave us other stuff in there, but it always was consistent with that cream. This movie was consistent with that self kind of ah shucks smirky sense of humor and it worked so this leads me boys to our uh, let's close this out uh, I will come back to your uh, I want to know if your second experiences with the Pappy Cigar are close in line with your, your first takes but uh, before we do that uh, top 5 Bruce Willis vehicles hang I on th- as I pull up my notes I did this not movies featuring Bruce Willis but Bruce Willis movies yeah okay to me Pulp Fiction is not a Bruce Willis movie agreed agreed yeah I wanted top five Bruce Willis movies yeah yeah okay uh Tut I'll go you first alright so I will go Die Hard I include all the series in here Die Hard Die Hard 1 and 2 uh I was a big fan of Die Hard 2 me too, but that's your one and two tied. Well, that's I, I just say Die Hard one. Die Hard is your number one, right? Uh, the Fifth Element. Uh, God, I love the Fifth Element. That's your number two. Uh, that's my number two. I'm sorry, I love the whole movie. Uh, God, it was good. Uh, I, I gotta agree with Tut. That's Fifth where element. I am, like Die Hard, Fifth Element. Oh. Fifth Element, I can if if Fifth Element comes on, I'm watching it. it exactly, it's just, I love it. It's great. Chris Tucker, Chris yes. Tucker, even Chris oh. Tucker. 
The whole the whole aircraft taking off scene okay, is just right. great. Well, what's your number three? Uh, I'll go with Moonlighting the series. No, no, we're not doing. T- I can't do that. No, why movies, not? Movies, Bruce Willis movies. Bruce Willis carried Moonlighting. All right, all right. No. I'm putting Moonlighting in there. Well, uh, I just I just can't believe you put Fifth Element above Moonlighting. <laughs> Uh, I will go Hudson Hawk 4. Okay. Uh, that movie just stuck with me for such a long time. Okay. Uh, Last Man Standing is number five. I have to give honorable mentions. Uh, of so course. Going, of course. I have them too. I'm going beyond. Uh, I want to give Armageddon an honorable, uh, uh, Armageddon an honorable mention, even though... Uh, Willis didn't carry it. That was an ensemble cast, much like it. It strived because of its ensemble cast. Much. <laughs> I'm sorry. I like it, and I'm not apologizing. Much like Pulp Fiction and Sin City, which I loved him in Sin City. Sin City was uh, good. That was not, you know, a Bruce Willis film. Even though Armageddon tried to be a, you know, Bruce Willis film, you know, Steve Belushi, we can all agree, carried that movie. Uh, I want to give an honorable mention out to Color of Night. That is one of the ones that we have covered before, yeah. simply because it wasn't Willis doing Willis. Uh, and then we make fun of this. You have three honorable mentions. Yes, we right. make this is my last one. We make fun of this, but I'm still putting it out there. Striking distance. How is that making fun of? It's awesome. It was he wasn't Willis doing just the he was a cop so it's not he was <coughs> disgraced Pittsburgh cop Tom Hardy yeah but he had the stare <laughs> I'm just saying it I was love, the stare I'm just saying I love that movie man I just I mean like you close the door and he's right there just staring being stareful. <laughs> If my cousin Mark would just shave those receding hairlines into me. I love Striking Distance. I I thought it was a great movie. I do too. So we have Tut with Die Hards 1 and 2, Fifth Element, uh, Moonlighting, which isn't... Uh, We'll strike that. Whatever. Um, What was your fourth? Hudson Hawk. Hudson Um, Hawk. uh, Last Man Standing. And then uh, Armageddon, striking distance, striking color distance and color night. Cody, you're gonna give me some better ones than that. Well, I gotta start off like Tut. I am going to go all in on loving Die Hard as number one. And the then first Die Hard. The first Die Hard. The okay. first Die Hard. The Christmas movie. You're playing by the rules. The Just one Die Hard movie. And then I'm gonna follow up with the Fifth Element. That's my second. God, you sons of bitches. Dude, it's it's a fucking phenomenal movie. It has everything plus fucking Bruce Willis. All right. right. Well, I'm learning something about you boys. Multipass. 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 But thirdly, I'm going to go in Last Boy Scout. Good man. Last motherfucking Boy Scout. Because that shit's awesome. Mind you, the first time we met. Mm-hmm. Close to it. We'll talk about <laughs> it. Close to What's it. What's your fourth? My fourth? Hudson Hawk. Love that one. It's Would like I said, like it just. To swing on a star. No. Carry moonbeams mm-hmm. home mm-hmm. in a jar. Oh. 
Oh, Danny Aiello. Danny Aiello. You cuddle boy. But now my fifth? Blind Date. That, I love it. It I was will. the closest to the moonlighting, the goofy, the comic uh, sensibilities. But there, there's this thing, I don't know why, but for some reason I love it. I love a movie that has a humorous judge scene. Oh, and so this like one, My Cousin Vinny. Yes, I love it. But in this one, it was the guy... It was uh, The guy that played... Higgins. Uh, yes. No, no, not Higgins. I played Mr. Feeney. Mr. Feeney from yes. uh, Boy Meets World. Right. But, I mean, it's... <laughs> between him and uh, Lara Kett, that scene is fantastic. It is phenomenal. Oh, it's so good. The now, my cousin sh- Vinny also... No, but the way he shits on the, on John Lara Kett, his son-in-law, is so good. Can I use your name? God, No. I swear on my mother's grave. Your mother is playing the back nine at the club. <laughs> well, I, I but I'm re- I'm relieved that I I am seeing some. But now I will give like I said honorable the honorable mention. All right. Striking distance. I was going to go and I could I I was looking for anything else, and I really couldn't find anything else. I mean, if there was some... I mean, looked at, you know, Armageddon, Pulp Fiction. And I was like, you know what? They're all Bruce Willis films. But they're not Bruce. But they're not Bruce Willis films. Yeah. But no, I could throw in some of the diehards. The second one was really good. But I was like, you know what? I'm not not going to do that because the first one really just sets everything else apart. So you had Die Hard. Fifth Element. Fifth Element. Last, Last Boy, Boy Scout, Scout Hudson Hawk, and Blind Date. Okay. Um, here's my top five as the guy who grew up wanting to live at Bruce Willis' house and <laughs> possibly live in, Take his, a bullet for him. live in his skin and uh, become him. In no way is that strange. In no way is that strange. In uh, every way is that strange. every way is that strange. Uh, Hudson Hawk is my number one film. Oh. There you go. It is phenomenal. I love that film. It is the most misunderstood, most misaligned blockbuster ever. It was maligned. But it was Willis at his most Willis. And I, I love it for that. And I actually saw a little bit of Hudson Hawk. And I was going to say, Hudson Hawk's probably the closest to that moonlighting. And it's closest to Once Upon a Time in Venice. It really is. Uh, I can agree with that. Well, Some of the scenes with him and Andy McDowell where he is kind of like all shucks, but he, yeah. with some sexual undertones, that is shows up in Once Upon a Time in Venice. Nah. Uh, my second film... I'll keep in mind, boys, you're listening to a Willis expert. Ooh. One Hudson Hawk. Two, Last Boy Scout. Go on, go on. Willis ran with and personified the burnout cop in a half dozen films. I was about to say, yeah, that's mainly his his big deal. This is where it all started. And... Quentin Tarantino once said, the highest praise you can give to a film is when you dress up like the characters in the film and start trying to act like them. In high school, after seeing Last Boy Scout, I dressed up like 
Bruce Willis in The Last Boy Scout. <laughs> I wore crumpled khaki pants, a crumpled jacket, and that's where I met you. Absolutely. Yak Boy was having a house party. His parents were out of town. He was driving through his neighborhood, and I stumbled across him. He literally ran me over in his car. He's like, what the fuck's wrong with you? What are you doing? And I had this... I was dressed up like the last Boy Scout. You absolutely were. (laughs) He had the shitty Hawaiian shirt. (laughs) I had everything. With the crumpled jacket. Cigarette. (laughs) Let's just rub me over then. I guess I spilled your warm cup of piss. (laughs) I I became the last Boy Scout in high school. Hey, do you need a ride? Fucking touch me again. I'll kill you. (laughs) I'm just off on a ride, dude. Dude, That is how we met. We met because of the last boy. But that is, that's honestly, I I adopted that persona. I love that movie so much. So I'm going to put that in my number two. I mean, I do remember asking him, face or gut? (laughs) (laughs) I guess I spilled a couple more piss. Number three, I'll give Die Hard. Quintessential, man. Love it. Number four, I'm going to give Last Man Standing. I will. I will put that in the honorable mention. I'm not a gun guy. Well, it was kind of a Clint Eastwood tribute. No, it's a tribute to uh, Kurosawa and the and, and the man with no name and yeah, and the the lone the lone gunman going into a town, turning every the the families against each other. Right. But I am the ultimate not gun guy but in college I went and saw that at least four times in a theater and I wanted to buy two forty fives. he made two forty fives so sexy in that movie I have a lot of problems with that movie but for the most part I honestly just his I just really just wish awesome. they would have made uh What's what's his name? Played Sully, but he was the Sean Patrick Flanagan. Yeah. not Sean Patrick Flanagan. Uh, Sean Patrick. Uh, Sean. I really just if if they had just made him like talk with that sort of that that transcontinental accent. Oh, I'm gonna rub you out. <laughs> it would have been, been perfect. Yeah, rub you out, see. I I I was obsessed with Last Man Standing. It was actually the last Bruce Willis film that I was obsessed with. Yeah. Um, it was really he good. did a lot of bad acting stuff in that that threw me off. We'll get into that on the Last Man episode. Last Man Stand episode of this. I'm sure we'll do it. Number five, I'm going to give Color Night. Uh, It was... Stretch. The last time I saw him stretch and act and do some things, whether it was (laughs) orgasming the... He's still, he's still, he's still trying, damn it. He's still screaming. Oh! I said it, I think, on our last Man Standing uh, episode, which we did. You can go back and do that. Uh, That's the reason I sat in a theater in Sam Houston and watched that movie. I sat in a theater and watched that three times. That's what made me get a psychology degree. Him in that movie. Well, you needed one <laughs> to understand the movie. I was like, that seems interesting. Well, now you have to. The use reason I have I, a I believe, psychology I we said bachelor's it. of science in psychology is because of Color of Night. I gotta put it in my list. <laughs> well, I believe we said it ad nauseum when we reviewed it, but you know, 
You can only see, you can only see Willis penis so many times before you just you have to question reality. You, you gotta just <laughs> give into it. You gotta give into it. Uh, my honorable mentions, uh, which you know Tut was right to say, we we have to give them. Uh, striking distance. He took the burnout cop from Last Boy Scout to another level of yeah. striking distance. Jeff Hardy is. And once again, it is beyond burnout. And it wasn't. And, and to it's me, a fantastic name. To me, it was Jeff Hardy. <laughs> Jeff Hardy, dude. And to me, color or Austin stri- Jeff Talley. I was just he waiting. Has great na- to he has me, great to me, I was just waiting for somebody to make the joke throughout there because eventually you meet the rest of his family and they would have called him the Hardy Boys. And but they didn't do the it. And do you remember who his uncle was in Striking Distance? Tom Atkins. Baby. Tom motherfucking Atkins. And to, and to me, the cool thing about Striking Distance is that it wasn't a caricature of Burnout Cop. Uh, but these days, Bruce Willis would do caricature no, of Burnout Cop. He actually felt wounded testifying yes. against his cousin at work. It was, it was pretty cool. You had, uh, what's the guy that uh, played his cousin who was the killer? Who went on to do really good in a racer and end up killing himself? Uh, Vinny Pastorori. Yeah. Or? Oh wow! But, that. He but him and uh, yeah. uh, but what I love also with him is that you had Atkins and Luis Farina both working those stashes. <laughs> Dude, the Pittsburgh police you're talking was a, about was a, a, a no. You're talking a about police. If you're a police, you have to have if a you mustache. You're a policeman in Pittsburgh. You have a mustache. no. If you're a policeman anywhere, you have to have a mustache. At one point, Atkins took off his mustache and threw it at Dennis Farina, and he threw his mustache. They battled. <laughs> I was just waiting for him like to take it off and like you see like the you the, see the killer the like, running oh. away. He's like, I've got him, and he like stabs him. Oh. Uh, my other honorable pulls mention. out that stash out of his back, wipes it off, sticks it back on. <laughs> Not today. Not in my city. Not in my city. My other honorable mention is Blind Date. <gasps> See, it captured the David Addison kind of comic side of Willis that. I- I thought was so right that nobody ever really caught. I know, I know. Once it got an action Death star, there didn't catch it. Yeah, bonfire uh, the vanities. It nobody caught Blake Edwards who did Blind Date caught that. And it's amazing. I didn't, he didn't want the cocky David Addison. He wanted the comic side of it, yeah. and he actually captured it. And it's amazing because he was so great in that role. It was like once he became diehard action guy. It's like the comic side of him just... And even in Die Hard, hey, come out to the coast, you know, have a good time. Blake Edwards captured you, you, it. It's like they abandoned that side. Yeah, well, that little scene right there in Die Hard, that was that character. Mm-hmm. He, and, and, I, and I love it because it, it literally is the perfect. He flicks open that lighter. Here, Here's that, that little flame, and he... Shoots out that line. Yeah, There's the that time, character. Boom, and he closes that lighter, and that's all you see. Yeah, I, I just. It was. Uh, to me, it was a lot of cheese, but it, it captured a really cool. But side that was kind of that's kind of like what what his comedy is, though. It's not. I mean, he's got great comedic timing, but there is a, an an element of cheese to it that was very acceptable. And very presentable. I, I just, I, I wish that they would do more with it. I wish he would do more with it. 
I, I wish he wouldn't have just given up and just acted like shit throughout a lot of stuff. Yeah, but once again, you know what? You can also tell he as himself You're one thing in the beginning of your career. Well, you no, hit a transit. You hit a movie or a thing where you actor, get a transition. Every successful And then all of a sudden, they don't it. want you to ever do that other thing. Well, it, no, oh, no. Uh, Christopher Walken said the thing. The uh, he almost encamp. Well, it's it's different. You get actors, and I, I think Bruce Willis falls into this. He was like, "You're hired, Bruce Willis. I'm going to give you Bruce Willis because this is what I think that you want." Christopher Walken, they were like, Henry Rollins asked Walken, and it was like, what kind of role do you want? And he goes, a normal dad. He was like, I just want to play like a normal family man, not not weird, not you know eccentric. I just want to play an average guy. He was like, because every time I get a role now, they want me to do Christopher Walken. There's that kind of actor, but then I think that there's the actor like, Willis and Jack Nicholson to where it's like, oh, I know what the people want. I'm going to give it to them. I think what he proved to us in What's the Time in Venice was you haven't been giving us what we want in a long time, and you actually kind of give us glimpses of it in this. Yeah, yeah. And I'm, I'm forced to give this movie a big thumbs up. I liked Willis in this movie. It was I fun. I did. I really he did. He was having fun. It was great to and see. And whether it took him having an old buddy on board or whatever, he was having fun. Yeah. And it made me... Him smiling made me smile. Yeah. It did. I did. It did. It reminded me why I wanted him to be my dad. Welcome back, old friend. <laughs> so now sh- now I have to go back through that should list. I, should I write Bruce Willis another letter? Yes. You should totally. And bear me before you write that. Or bear me before you pin that nice tome. You know what? I... I should ask Bruce Willis once again if I can come be his bodyguard. <laughs> I'm still the same swift, young, ten-year-old I was. Uh, well, I, I drink a lot. <laughs> I would almost want you to write that just to see if he does respond. It's like, holy shit, kid, I remember you. I always, honestly, that's that, that was my one big thing. I always wanted to, like... Oh, shit try to cast him in something and be like I once wrote did you did you get the letter I did I, mean, I, I want in where a little kid wanted to be your bodyguard he's like holy shit that was you and I'm like yeah I did kid but my publicist at the time told me not to respond for no, I just, I, I that or I get the feeling he's going to be like you and all of the other fan letters kept me warm I, through the winter as I burned <laughs> them <laughs> That's what I figured. Like, oh, you were one of those kids that sent me those little letters. That's cute. Uh, it's nice, kid. Uh, he puts them in the suggestion box right into the furnace. <laughs> well, you know what? We didn't quite dig into Bruce Willis on our Color of Night episode the way I wanted to. I think we did tonight. And I think he redeemed himself in a lot of ways in tonight's film. What do you know? I did. It really um, makes me want to go back, and you just listed out that whole list of things okay. that have came out. In no, like the, I don't want to watch those. I kind of I do. do. I kind of do now. I really do, because I'm sitting here did going... Did miss something? Yeah. Is there a gem? Even in any of these. It could have been... It could be, like, a minute on screen. Because, frankly, YouTube is trashing the shit out of this movie. Undeservedly so. And I so like this movie. I had yes. This and movie. so yes. have they trashed other movies undeservedly? So I mean, because 
sad to say, the people that are usually writing the reviews, the guys that are, the people that are responding, they're the assholes. Yeah. They're the ones that maybe have time the, on their the, hands and no love for anything. I'm kind of like Cody. I mean, is there a diamond out there? Is there something hidden? Even just that glimpse. And, I mean, maybe, maybe not. I mean, maybe all the reviews are, you know, legit. Maybe there's a reason why. I mean, 50 million Elvis fans can't be wrong. Or can they? But maybe they're maybe they are wrong. They were wrong about this movie. Well, I don't have the time. I'd at least give this one four stars out of five. Those ten films I listed. I off. will. I got the. I got the time. <laughs> you can do it. You guys can do it. Uh, but uh, hell, I'd, I watched I was, Dolph Ziggler and Countdown. I was just ecstatic to see him do that here, and like I said, if. All the producers and directors in Hollywood keep getting blacklisted. I will do a Hudson Hawk sequel. <laughs> I've got an idea. I can do it. Bring me in. I'm ready, coach. Let me do this. No, I will say this. Um, after watching a countdown with uh, Dolph Ziggler, WWE needs to hire you for the Running Man <laughs> sequel or the Running Man reboot. Me? Yes. Oh, yeah. I'll, I'll do it right. We've had those talks. You would uh, kill that yeah, shit. Yeah, I'll do it right. And they can't get much worse than Countdown. Sorry. I think I, think I could do wonders. Um, so we'll see if they give Matt Kate a chance. Um, but you know what? Uh, to this movie's credit, once a time, Venice, we did it We did it right. And it was a fun movie. It was fun. And it I enjoyed it. It fantastically was. And, and even though I could have streamed it for free on Hulu... I don't mind that I rented it off of Amazon. It was that good. It was. It's it's an okay feeling yes. when it's actually good. Trust me, we have rent, we have reviewed stuff that I've had to rent that I have felt dirty yeah, for renting. No. This has been great. I, I liked it. Well, uh, let me kind of try to wrap this up. Uh, Brixton Mash Destroyer, I think, impressed us all. Um, it. Not only didn't play it safe, it didn't play it anyway. It was it was constantly changing. It is what it is. Heavy it's rum, heavy, own heavy bourbon. Uh, the sniff betrayed the taste, and then uh, a couple pours later, it was more rum than bourbon, more bourbon than rum. I I'll say I liked it more chilled than anything else. The chill, yes, the chilled was the best. The chilled, I mean, was having the best. it neat, having it with the ice. Just chilled. It was the best. And once again, I mean, I can't, I was more skeptical than anything because you know we asked, do we want to do this one? Yeah. And I was like, you know what, we'll get a chance probably to do the other ones here sometime in the future, but let's do this one because out of everything, it's the most. Yeah, rum. Yeah, whiskey. These two together. I mean, because it's one of those things where you know you normally. Think like to yourself. Do I just want to pour all the liquor into one thing and do it? No, I don't. <laughs> but guess what? This I, was phenomenal. I think it kind of embodies what I envision Drew Estate to be. You know, they got a lot of shit from traditionalist for their Cigars. acid line and their coffee stuff and their coffee stuff. But their traditional lines were phenomenal. I kind of think of this as that same way. It's just that kind of 
a fuck you to the industry. Not really a fuck you to the industry, but we're going to do our thing and fuck it. I mean, we're going to do our thing and just kind of fuck what everybody else does. If people like it, that's cool. If people don't like it, you know what? There's other stuff out there. We're going to do our thing. Isn't that kind of what we do? That's exactly what we do. Which I have to say that there's a lot of other people out there that are suddenly doing movie reviews, suddenly doing movie nights out there, and I'm I'm sorry. I'm looking at that thing going, you guys did not do that a year ago. And I'm flattered that you're doing it now. Good on you. There is a... We're the only one doing cigar shit for people that don't want to watch pasty, pasty white guys talking about cigars for an hour. We're the only guys doing something else. So now you can watch pasty white guys reviewing stuff for four hours. <laughs> talking about that? Talking about this? Talking about that? Talking about a movie? I'm sorry. If you're in your cigar lounge, you're doing what we're doing, and that's what makes us... Viable. That's what we, we uh, we're we're the fucking cigar lounge experience. We've been mashing uh, cigars, movies, and and booze together for two and a half years now, almost three years. Uh, nobody else is doing what we do. Nobody else is doing what that does, and nobody else is doing what that does. I'm gonna give this a huge. Fucking thumbs up. I'm going to give the... Real quick, you guys are smoking the pappies. God. Is it the same ex- exact experience? Outside outside of the uh, lack of spice on the ignition, it's the exact same. You did not have the spice on the ignition. I did not have the spice on the ignition. But I think that was more of I the think, sweetness yeah, of the beer. beer. Yeah. Uh, the I rest, still have spice. Yeah. Absolutely. I'm... I for me especially with the beer the creaminess is picked up. So you still have the creaminess. Still have the creaminess. I still have the bread. I still had the pepper on the on the so halfway mark. So consistency is yes, it's exactly absolutely. the same cigar. All right. Which is phenomenal. I don't you know. Well, I'm about to light up another one here for. I don't I don't I don't want to pick up a cigar, go through it and have, be literally every cigar different. If you're going to pay 25 bucks for a cigar and you've had it before, you want it to taste just like you had it. Oh, that's that's, that's my big problem are with, guys, like... Are you guys getting the same experience? Absolutely. I mean, and that's my biggest problem with the other extremely high-end cigars is that the cigar I had three years ago doesn't compare to the cigars that I have today. This is the second cigar. Same. It's It's consistent. Bravo, Willie. Okay. Tuck, give us links. I'm not sure I can remember links at this point. <laughs> no, hit us at TNCCCast on Twitter. Uh, hit us up on Facebook, Tuesday Night uh, Cigar Club. Uh, definitely like the page if you haven't. Uh, Instagram, at TNCC pod, underscore podcast. Uh, Cade's always flooding our uh Instagram with some really cool pictures. Saw it again tonight. Uh, and then uh, subscribe to our YouTube page, uh, Tuesday Night Cigar Club. That way you can see all of our beautiful faces. 
And then, uh, you know what? If, if you've held out for this long, definitely if you're buying some Christmas stuff, go to the website. Click on the Amazon link. Do your Christmas shopping from there. We would definitely appreciate it. It helps us pay the bills. And I think I've covered everything. Oh, by the way, if you got a wedding coming up, hit a Groovy Guy. Groovy Guy Gifts dot com. Yeah, yeah. Get, you, get you some uh, shot glasses. I'm kind of curious to check out the lighter that you were almost interested Torch in. Torch lighter, yeah. Yeah. So uh, do that. And uh, also uh, check out famoussmoke.com. I know you hear your hear their advertisements all over NFL Network, ESPN Everywhere. on Sirius. Well, boys, we did the movie <sighs> justice. Absolutely. We did the movie more than justice. I think I think we did it uh, more than anyone will ever do it. Um, so I'm going to go with our riddle original idea of we should add in some more naked breasts and switch the name to Venice Nights. <laughs> You're with me. I'm this with you. This should be USA up on my movie, uh, <laughs> boys. Uh, before we leave, your Pappy Van Winkle cigars are. Am I wrong in saying they're treating you just like the the first one you had? Oh, they're yes. great. They are really really good. He is solid. The consistency is solid. There, the drink does make a little bit of difference. Well, I mean that's certain certain flavor profiles are popping up more yeah. versus the booze versus the beer. What are those? Flavors you're getting on the cigar now that you didn't have before. A different, I would just say the 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 type of sweetness that is being emphasized. Is it still transitioning smoothly? Yes. Still, you're getting. But the, I'm I'm getting more with beer. I'm getting more creaminess than I was correct. with but, the liquor. Which is crazy because yeah, we got we I got crazy we right. got crazy creaminess. From the, the get go, the sweetness that I picked up off of the first cigar when I was drinking the rum. Is totally different because the sweetness from the beer is kind of masking that sweetness. Right. Like the raisins that I was getting right. from the first cigar, sweet I'm raisins. not getting sweet raisins sweet that raisins. I was getting from the first cigar. Doesn't really, it's not really there in the second cigar because the sweetness from the beers I think is masking that. Yeah. But bread's there, creaminess is there. Uh, it's just, yeah. You like it. Two thumbs ups, uh, three thumbs up cigar, three thumbs up uh, Brixton Mash Destroyer. I'm going to love, because that is so new to the market, I'm going to love putting that into my freaking cabinet, and when people come over and I pull that thing out, they're going to like, laugh. What bit. the hell is this? Pour a little bit. There you go. They'll know. Give me a You're going to ask. Give me you a can cigar. pour it out and say, hey, Give tell me, me a what, cigar. Yeah. Tell me what. What do you think about this? What is it? Just drink it. Tell me what you think. I want to know what their flavor is. I want to know what their profile tells them. I'm gonna are love we, that. I'm are they gonna, gonna be? Are they gonna be? This is a good rum, or this is a good whiskey, or are they gonna go? What is this? Are we working towards getting John Drew Brands and O'Brien's Irish Pub? Oh yes, possibly. Yeah, possibly yes. We could do that. I like it. <laughs> <laughs> it's different. It's new. There's no reason why we shouldn't have this at the pub. Correct. It's our favorite pub. 
Will it be a discount on whiskey nights? Well, technically well, it's a rum. Technically it's not bourbon, it's rum. On bourbon night, we can't <laughs> discount it. I'll give you a discount, but not all the way, not because the it's discount. not technically a whiskey. You only get like a 55% discount. 55%. I think we can get John Doe brands at the pub. Absolutely. I think that's safe, uh, safe bet to do. And maybe somewhere else we develop business, we should focus on these Any guys. and all places. Any and all places. Um, yes. John Drew Brands. Breaks the Master Destroyer. Thumbs up. Pebby and Winkle. Uh, consistent by all by all counts. Um, I Man, we've had some really, really good cigars this year. Your favorite? Man, if it's not my favorite, it's the second favorite, and it's got to be close to the favorite. It really is. Look at this guy. And what's amazing is that this is not my traditional profile. No, it's not. Profile. No, it's not. Uh, I just like the fact that I could taste those flavors that I normally, that you guys always rave about. Oh, I love cream. I love this. And I can barely taste that in some cigars. You and I get that. It. You're getting the Absolutely. creamy peanuts. It's a super easy retro hail cigar uh, for those like me that are kind of pussies to retro hails. But you got this the cream, is very you nice. You got the creamy peanuts. I didn't get the creamy penis, but you know it's peanuts. Oh, or the peanuts. peanuts. You know, it, but it was just creamy peanut. I I love this. You cigar. love it. I do. Well. As anyone who will attest to listening to our show knows, Tud is a hard sell, so take it. Yeah. Take it and run with it. You guys are getting the exact same notes on the second run through that you're getting through on the first through. So, um, Pepe Van Winkle tradition, three thumbs up. Brixton Mash Destroyer. Three thumbs up. I think we all did. We all agree that chilled was the way to go. Yes, I haven't tried chilled. I'll try that a little okay, bit later. Look, I like neat. We, ha- we, we <laughs> I like neat, and of course, I always like my. I love my bourbon neat. I love my but, scotch neat. Uh, let let let's give the farm to market persimmon its due. It's a It's a tasty fucking beer. Absolutely. And not at all conflicting with the cigar. Tut. Oh, now he's going to be the naysayer. I do agree that I like it. He likes the persimmon. Now, come on, I like it. It's not that persimmony. All right. I like it. I didn't feel it was too fruity. I didn't feel it... Actually, I thought uh, it was a full-bodied beer. It is. It, it, it actually is. It, it is a very full-bodied beer. It's a heavy beer. It's no a great drinking it, beer. It take away from the cigar at all. It's not. It's not a floral bomb. It's not a hibiscus. It's not this weird Austin no, beer. Just, it was just a. It was just a, a, a full-bodied great beer. I liked it. I'm gonna so thumbs up. I'm gonna agree. Thumbs up. Thumbs up. Absolutely. 
Good job, boys. Uh, thumbs up to the beer. Thumbs up to the booze. Thumbs up to the cigar. Can't well, ask how more. How could you ask for anything more? Can't ask thumbs more out of life for this. Thumbs up for the movie. Thumbs up, thumbs for, up the for the movie. We rock tonight. I'll put up both my As thumbs. far as the All Things New uh, episode, everything got a thumbs fucking up. David Arquette, thumbs up. Well, uh, <laughs> let's, let's not go crazy. <laughs> uh, let's, All right. Uh, so you know what I have to say here at this point, if we're going to bring this to a close. Well, I'll, I'll just finish up with, uh, with the Hudson Hawk quote. Would you like to swing on a star? That's close to it, but... Caesar? Anthony? You okay? (laughs) When did the circus come into town? Uh, Circus comes into town every time we release a podcast. It does. We're maniacs. But we are passionate about what we do. Absolutely. Um... <laughs> That's my catchphrase. Who you stole my sweet raisins? Sweet raisins. Sweet raisins. Uh, boys, great show. Made the wings of liberty never lose a feather. We'll see you next time, motherfuckers. Peace out. To learn more about the time I skateboarded butt-ass naked through the streets of Venice Beach, and by Venice Beach I mean the Burger Chef parking lot out in Reseda, and by parking lot I mean inside the actual restaurant, until I popped an ollie straight into the deep fryer, badly burning my super sensitive nutsack, please read my 1997 Thrasher Magazine profile, Keith Howell, from nude skateboarding big shot to burned and crispy tater tots. I'm warning you though tear-jerking, magical story of resilience and courage and fried balls. In the uh, meantime, to learn more about the cigars and libations enjoyed on tonight's episode, you can visit www.drewestate.com, www.johndrewbrands.com, and www.barrowbrewing.com. For more on O'Brien's Irish Pub, the live music leader in Central Texas, Please visit O'BrienStemple.com and download their free smartphone app where you'll find full beer listings including over 40 on tap, menu information, and a calendar of upcoming live events. To listen and purchase music heard on tonight's program, check out www.FritzBeerMusic.com. Thank you for listening to the Tuesday Night Cigar Club Podcast. This is Keith A. Howell saying until next time, friends, unless we see you sooner at the pub. So keep it smoky, and for God's sake, keep it ballsy as well. (laughs) 